Hello everyone, how are we all doing? 2nd of February, what is the crack? Uh, welcome to your WeLab podcast with Seagulzar. I am Seagulzar and that is Patty, aka Patrick McGillie. It's backwards, I always get it wrong. <laughs> That's Patrick <McGillie. laughs> Um Hi Patty, welcome, thank you for coming on. Bruv, how are you? How's your day been? Yeah, thanks so much. Um, it's, it's a pleasure being in your show. I, mean, I can't believe you've got a podcast. It's not like I've got a Lambo. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, I suppose anyone can start a podcast, really. A Lamb- not anyone, anyone can have a Lambo. But, but I hear, I appreciate your kind words. Thank you very much. Here, in, in, I was going to say in 2020. In 2021, mate, when you got a podcast, it's, it's the equivalent of having a Lambo. Like, honestly, it's been like... Like, like less damage control. You know, I don't have to worry about where I park my podcast or mm. someone scratching my podcast or yeah. someone getting jealous of my podcast. Put a record. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so in terms of, like in terms of, and I don't have to pay fuel for the podcast, which would be like, or insurance or tax. So I, you know what? It is better than a Lambo. No, hundred percent. I get to talk to good characters like you and and so on. So it's yeah, man. Uh, Sorry, just it's already cut you off there. Um, I just I just want to get started in here and say, bro, you're launching a new business, right? New Ways NI, which I'm so happy for you. Um, um, I feel like this is what you really want to do. I can tell when I talk to you about it. <clears throat> this this is what you want to do. Just take me back. How did you end up here? Tell me a little bit about your journey of how you ended up to where you are today. It's been a bit of a been a bit of a wild man, wild one, man. To be honest, like it's. It's something I never, it's something I never really saw myself. I never saw myself kind of getting into it. Like, um, you know, when I left, when I left school, just kind of left in fifth year, didn't really have kind of any major plans. And you know, it's like kind of growing up in Andrum. It's all about like, you know, trying to get, trying to get a kind of a well-respected job, you know. And I kind of wanted people just to be like, here, 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 Paddy's a Paddy's a bank manager now. Oh, is he? He's doing well for himself. You know, like right from the right from the get-go. So I was just like, wanted to, wanted to kind of go and do something. So I um, got a got a job in Heister Fraser, and that, that that's that's where me we met, obviously. Um, we managed we, to talk myself into a manager job there somehow. We we left for that. Did we know each other from? Did we do? We did. We did MMA together, and we did the. No means, but out there. That was that was how, slick. How long? How long did you do the MMA for? You don't you don't want to be very young. I think when you were about to stop is when I started, kinda. Did you did you train at um Red Dragon? It sounds like a it sounds so cheesy that name, doesn't it? But did you train there? I I used to brush the floors in Chaplin's barbershop. <laughs> did you train at Red Dragon though? I used to brush the floors at Chaplin. <laughs> <laughs> Who's owned by Marty Walker, who was the owner of Red Dragon. Yeah. So I ended up there and I started off in his I started off in his garage and um it was literally like I mean I'd be I think I'd watch like a I think I watched like a Bruce Lee film and then I find out them guys have been doing MMA and I'm like what's what's MMA? Do you know? And someone maybe give me like a you know a VHS video tape and they're like, What's this? <laughs> and it's just like a sumo wrestler versus like a tiny wee like jujitsu guy, and they're kind of going at it, and I was like, I have to be part of this, you know, like whatever it takes. Um, so we started uh, we started training in his garage and then he got the place um opposite Zara's Indian in the little alleyway. Um yes, I remember. in there. Yeah. 
I remember that gym. Yeah, I was. I was. You know what? Because that no, that was back in two thousand and six, seven, maybe. Maybe yeah, because I was like, I was like, I was born in nineteen ninety, and I and I was about fifteen, sixteen. So yeah, must have been like two thousand six, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I because I remember I was still in school when I was going training there, and and I remember going into school and be like, lads, you want to see the stuff that you want to see the stuff that teach me here and all like trying to get the rugby cap in and the triangle choke and all. He's like, what are you doing? And then he just picked me up. I was like, oh, I didn't teach you what to do next. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Yeah, it was so. It was like a. It was it was so fun because it was almost like it was regulated, but it was almost unregulated because the sport was so new, as yeah. opposed to today where it's like no, you train like striking and your footwork and all. Back then it was like right, um, five hundred setups, five hundred press ups to warm up, and then put your gear up, put your gear on and fight each other, and you're like, you know, I'm sixteen. Yeah. I'm sixteen. I don't know, like why? Yeah. <laughs> Thirty year old man, and I'm dating you. But it was good crap. Still to this day, my back is not right. They would power me up with like bouncers from Madden's, and they'd be like, "All right, Pally, if you want to go ahead and just hip toss him, do you know, Frank's like sixty, you know, he's been in the whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he's been in something. He's, um, he's he's in he's in something that's not Bitcoin, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, it was uh, it it was wild. But I uh, honestly, I loved that. So I think I think I kind of knew you. I think I kind of knew you from there, and then. And then we started working in we started working in House of Fraser and um what do you call him? Trevor used to drive us to work every day. We used to we used to, used to shout out to Trev. Used to give us a used to give us a lift in the work each day. Um and then I worked in the formal department for a little while. But anyway, mate, you asked me how I got into new ways. I was um I started working in House of, started working in House of Fraser. And really it was just uh it was just kind of like well paid, you know. I kind of thought it was about prestige, a manager. And then um, I thought, you know what, I need to get a job in the bank. And I went around and I got a job for um, Halifax um, call center in the gas works in Belfast as yep. a phone operator. Till this day, man, I, I, and I've done like door to door, you know, charity sales for three weeks. To this day, like the working on the working in the call center was just an absolute organ grinder. Like, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Have you worked in a call center before? I have a couple of friends that work in a call center and I can imagine it's very monotonous, you know, because you're just constantly on the phone. As soon as one calls over, boom, pick it up boom. again. Same yeah. conversation, same. And that's day on, day on, day. And yeah. what, what was your shift? Was it like, was it 12-hour shifts or was it shorter? It was shorter, but they were like super, they were like super irregular. Do you know, they would be from maybe from like seven in the morning to maybe you know like you would get many finish on early you know kind of like a midday sort of one or you get one where you would go in you know go in kind of midday and not finish till the early hours of like the morning all that kind of stuff and like you say mate it was a hundred calls a day you'd be chatting the people they'd be screaming down the phone because you charged the money for an overdraft and then it was just like you know you'd finally come to resolution and you're like whoo click Hello, you know, and you're back on again, you know. <laughs> Here we go again. Here we go again. Um, and I think, and I, honestly, I think the worst part of it was, is like, it was your freedoms. You were kind of chained to the desk. You know, they were able to monitor everything. They could monitor how long your calls for. They could monitor like how long you had the customer on hold. How long, you know, if you maybe come off a call when you're back on again. And I remember, um, Mary manager come up to me and being like, hey, yeah. Uh, you're a wee bit behind in your time and attendance today, and I'm like, no, it's, it's been it's been 100. 
And he said, no, 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 I can see here during the day that you, you left, you left here for, you know, for, for, for five minutes. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, you can only take three minutes of extra toilet breaks a day. And I was like, I was like, I was like, bro, but, uh, you know, I had to, I had to, I had to go, you know? And it was, and it was like, yeah, you, you need to stay and make that up afterwards. And it was just like the level of like big brother stuff in there, man, was, was, was off there, was off the chain. But I eventually, I worked there for a while in Belfast and moved over to Glasgow with my um, uh, with my ex, and I managed to get myself into the managed to get myself into the the head office for Bank of Scotland doing like relationship management work for their like they call it small medium enterprises, so it's kind of like one to twenty five million pound turnover a year, and you know you were like their name contact. It wasn't a call center, you know you were responding through whatever. You got to go out and meet the clients, and it was good. But again, it was never a passion. It was kind of just like something that I kind of, you know, had done because I felt like it, you know, maybe looked really important. I got to wear a suit, you know, I had clients, the money was okay. You know, you got a good pension. Yeah, you got all benefits. And you're like, oh, I work in head office at Royal Bank of Scotland and I've got clients and all this. So it sounds good. Like even when you're saying, I'm like, hey, that could be a bit of crack. But then the reality of it sets in, right? It just meant the reality saying, And I was just like, and, it, and a lot of it has to do with my personality as well as that I put serious pressure on myself. I kind of felt like I had kind of like that chip in my shoulder. I left school, three GCSEs. None of them happened to be a math GCSE. Um, and there I was like working in the bank. And I was just like, if there was like a project going up for grabs or something to help with something, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, just trying to trying to get on. And I just started putting myself under like enormous, enormous pressure in there. And the first time I started... Um, I said my desk mate and I was just like working, working, working. I started getting kind of like this pain in my chest. And I was like, oof. I was like, oh, that that'd be that'd be chicken baguettes going down the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was sitting there and uh and I felt all like do you know, like tingling me? And I was like, oh no, this is this is not good. And um I went to the A and they did a uh, they had to do like <laughs> Do you know a uh, do you know forty year old virgin when they shave his chest and he looks like a man? <laughs> <laughs> I had to get uh, I had to get my I had to get my chest shaved and uh, and uh, and they did like the ECG around my heart and they thought that maybe I had like a regular heartbeat or something like that. And, uh, and I was like, oh my goodness! But no one said to me that maybe it was stress or maybe it's working too hard. Maybe it wasn't working after myself, you know. And I was just um, you know my manager called me and she's like, hello. And I was like, yeah, how's it going? She's like, well, you get to the hospital? I was like, yeah, yeah, just get out. And she was like, yeah, well, here, look, it's uh, it's half four. Uh, could you could you come in for the last hour? <laughs> and I was like, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, what a bastard. <laughs> I was like, yeah, absolutely. Straight back into work. And um, and and do you know in that week we had um, we had done all like new computer systems, so they were changing all the systems over from the old to the new and the average age of my office was about sort of 55, 60 people were sort of like, you know, can get near that retirement age. So I had became like, you know, Mr. Designated IT sort of guy, running around kind of helping everyone, just trying to be, you know, trying to be as helpful as possible. I had to work so long that they um, they hired me a wee, um, they hired me like a premier in like around the corner so that I could um, go in and check in the computers, go to like the hotel, like a five minute walk away. And then like sleep for maybe an hour and come back and like check and I agreed to this stuff. It was crazy. 
And um, the next the next day I was in uh, I was I was in there, I was working, I hadn't slept, I was tired, and I was type, 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 type. And then do you know when like you get a you get like a mind blank? And I was like, everything just completely just completely froze. And I was like, what am I working on? And I sort of I I clicked on a few tabs and I was looking around and I was like, what's what's going on? And then I could feel it from like my toes. This like sensation just like working up to my body. And when I got to my chest, my entire lungs just completely like locked. And by the time I got to my cheeks, the tears were rolling down my face. And I'm not like, I'm kind of like, I would say I'd be, I'd say I'd be pretty, pretty kind of emotional compared to most guys, but I wouldn't really cry much, you know. If you see a wee, you see a wee pond advertising on the TV, or do you know, you, you see a dog die and like, you know. Marley me or something, you know, you're, you're, you're can, I, can I ask you, did you did you used to watch a Fresh Prince TV oh, show? Yeah. Like, yeah. The episode the episode where Will's dad is in it and then he leaves and then like no, you're a liar if you say you don't cry to that because I've cried. No, you, 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 I'm, I'm all like a smug going, Oh why doesn't he watch it all like, I'm an emotional wreck. So like we've all we've all had watery eyes over certain things, so I'm not judging that. A hundred percent like. And um uh, and you know, and here, like now, because I'm in mental health, because now, because I'm in mental health, man, I'm I'm Mister Have a wee cry, like, you know, if anyone, it gets to the point that where it's too much, you know, if any of my mates are just like, yeah, man, I've had a hard time, I'm like, have a wee cry, man, you know, like just get it out, you know, do you want to come, do you want to come to my office? Yeah, some. Um, and uh, yeah, man. So next thing, I was at my desk, couldn't breathe, didn't know what I was doing, was crying at my desk. Uh, manager, area manager, regional manager, staff all sitting around in a tight office, <laughs> ran into the toilets, and there was. Um, did, did anyone notice? Uh, no, no, no one noticed it. Every, yeah. <laughs> everyone, every, everyone's so stressed. Like everyone's trying to, everyone's just trying to get on with their own thing and kind of make it through. Like, and I was, uh, I was in the, I was in the toilet, was in the toilet, and put a mirror there. And I remember looking at myself, being like. What is going on in my life? Do you know? You, do you ever look at yourself in the mirror? And you're just like, what is going on? <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. We've all been there. When I had the long hair, I used to look at myself in the mirror and go, mm, not feeling it. <laughs> not feeling it. Yeah. I want to I get on that long hair. I don't know. When you is, have. Is it first grow or is it just non existent? Oh, 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 yeah. It, it grows. Here, oh, you it, have like the you have the underball, do you? Oh yeah, the underball. Yeah, I, I've got that. I've got that Bermuda Triangle kind of going on, mate. It's just that you know, it, it's it's just kind of it's just kind of that. Nice, my um, nice. my mom said to me the other day, she goes, Paddy, what? Why didn't you just grow your hair back? You look so much better when your hair was longer." I was like, "I know, I would love it back, but I'm bald." <laughs> She's like, "Oh, just just grow it back." Like uh, your body will know that you want it back, so it'll just, yeah, you know what I mean? Just, just like, grow it back. Well, uh, you can get yourself a turkey and get a wee one of them because they, they look like they're a good job, all jokes aside. I've, I've seen a few boys do them and they, they've got, they just keep their hair short, but yeah. it's a full head of hair short, so like it looks it looks pretty good. <clears throat> what, a, what, a, what a what a gift for that. And I hear that not only is it cheap, but you can go over and get looked after fantastically kind of while you're over there. Have you ever, did you ever watched Idiot Abroad? Carl Pilkington? Carl Pilkington. Yes, yes, I don't remember anything about Turkey or... 
he um he goes to one um it's not turkey but he goes i think he's maybe in thailand or something like that and it's real human hair and i've seen this before what they do is they put kind of like a long life glue and then they glue it on kind of like a like a toupee and it lasts yeah. for like three months yeah i've seen stuff i've seen stuff like that on like these small instagram videos i've seen that and I'm yeah. just like, like I, I get it because it's it's hot it's it's hard for me to put myself in that position of not being of not being bald and being like, why would you do that? Whereas if, if I was bald, I think I'd be like, no, I would do that because it's it's because I feel like w when you first started losing your hair, I feel like, like do you think about it a lot and do you always like every time you kind of like walk past a mirror or your reflection, you kind of like mm. so I can imagine I'd be like that. So I would yeah. probably glue, glue some hair on if I was bald. Constantly, and the worst thing that happened with mine as well is that my kind of so it 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 kind of receded back that was fine it kind of went around the back and that was fine and uh, do you remember jason shanky's they had a yeah. in house of fraser the, the one time um what do you call the what do you call the guy was it paul paul creeshaw paul creeshaw paul the wizard and um he put like he put sort of like a like some sort of like a spray glue he put like a little sort of like black pepper and then hair spread it in it magic but um, what happened to mine was my fringe, it sort of kind of like stopped growing in the middle. So it kind of went in like these curtains, like a, like a, like a 96 Circa Beckham, you know? <laughs> Just without the football field. Yeah, actually, you know what? 96 was, was probably a terrible guess. Would it, would it be more 2001? No, I, no, no, I reckon, I think in about the 2000s when he shaved his head. So I reckon 96, 98, you're in about right with the curtains. So I think that's around about where he debuted. No, because my Roughly. football knowledge is horrendous. Um, um, so anyway, yeah, sorry, sorry. So you're in the work. And you I'm in work. You landed I'm, I'm crying in the toilets, like something yeah. I mean, girls. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, did you hear what Samantha said about me? Um, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and it was, it was, a, it was a full-blown panic attack. And I've had, I've had, I've only had I've only had two in my life, and both have been uh, both have been in working uh, work working on a bank. Have you had one before, have you? I don't think so. No, I'm, I think I feel like I would know if I had one, so I don't. I know oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've had yeah. one. And um, and then yeah, I came back and I kind of spoke to my supervisor, and she just looked so. She just kind of looked as if I had sort of said to her, like you know, like here, I've I've just soiled myself because she was. She kind of looked and she was like, uh, what's up? And uh, I was like, I was like, yeah, I think I just had, a, I, think I, 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 I was crying and I can't breathe. And I think I've had a, I had a panic attack. And she was like, uh, what do you mean? And uh, I was like, I don't know. Like, I was hoping you were going to know. And the pair of us were just sort of like, you know, looking at it. And even like that's that was sort of, that was five, probably five years ago. And I feel like even today, you know, people do like these mental health first aid courses and stuff. I think people will probably be a bit more tuned in to sort of to probably to, to, to deal with some of these things a bit more in Ireland. Yeah, I and like, okay, take a seat, breathe. Yeah. Is there anything stressing you out? Is there something mm. on your mind today? Like any, anything yeah. going on at home? At least kind of making you feel comfortable, even if they don't get to the solution, at least trying to make you feel comfortable to, so that you maybe start sure. thinking about something else as opposed to, oh, I just had a panic attack. For sure, that's great advice. I think, I think just making someone feel feel a bit safe because I think that, I think that's a lot of the problem, and it's something I cover in the it's something I cover in the the course that I do, 
through new ways is it's almost like how to deal with someone who's going through because like um for example like my partner zero anxiety you know doesn't just doesn't have just has fantastic resilience fantastic mental health but the thing about it is, is sometimes you're talking talking to people who don't have issues but they maybe know somebody who who has a partner who's depressed or friends who's stressed or anxious so you know i think it's being able to be you know learning how to learn how to speak to someone and how to make someone feel comfortable like you've said i think it's kind of it, it can definitely be half the battle whenever someone's kind of going into that spiral a little bit yeah it's kind of like, like for example in an mma fight in between rounds when when the fighter's sitting on the stool the coach comes in the first thing they do is go just breathe for me yeah you got this. 10 big breaths in i it just brings the heart rate down Kind of because yeah. they'll walk to the stove thinking about what just happened, whereas then if they just are present, <clears throat> that's, that's a big thing. It's just being present and starting to breathe, and then they're concentrating on their breath. And the next thing they know, they feel calm, and then they're more likely to take the coach's advice. You know, so it's that it's just it's, I guess it's you like it's used so widely. You know, so it is quite popular now. Even that there is like just bringing down the fighter's anxiety and the pressure of being in a fight or whatever. That's an example I can think of. I can think of something else. No, it, <laughs> Cause, it, cause it, mid 2020, all I did was watch MMA. Because that's the only thing that was on. That's all I don't yes. for since March. I loved it. But anyway, yes, <laughs> keep interrupting you. Anyway. <laughs> no, it was great. I am, um, and I was gonna say, and just to kind of follow on your point, like see the, does he kind of the being present? I know like mindfulness is kind of a, is kind of a, a kind of a hot, sexy, sexy word to kind of throw about now. All businesses are trying to be, you know, like super woke and mindful and, you know, everyone's become a, you know, everyone's become a mindfulness coach on Instagram, but being, but having that. And one of the things that I realize, and, and I'll kind of, I'll tell you a bit more about kind of the, that kind of journey, I kind of got into the mental health. But one of the things I realized was all my problems were taking place either in the past where I was thinking about something I'd said or something I'd done or the way I was treated during school or how I embarrassed myself at this party or it was in the future. It's going to, what's my boss going to say? What's going to happen when I don't get this, you know, when I don't get this work done, you know, oh, when I'm going to go make for dinner or, oh, you know, it's, it was always, it was always a past or a future. Actually, when I, when I sat down and thought about it was actually the present moment it's always a hundred percent you know and i was um i was teaching um i started doing um work for this uh, this organization called the mindfulness and schools project and i've been teaching mindfulness to p6s um in primary schools and i just think and that just blows my mind the fact that that's part of the curriculum now that these uh, you know these kids are getting access to mindfulness and it was a six-week course i did and i was sent to the um i sent to one of the kids <clears throat> you know or send to the what's in one of them can do one on one. It's a it's a group session. Um, I was sent to the I was sent to the class. You know, isn't it funny how that our mind, you know, it likes to, to paint these pictures of the future? And I was given the kind of the analogy and the comparison that we almost have kind of like a movie theater in our head. And sometimes, like when we're feeling a bit low or vulnerable, we're playing like the greatest hits of regret from the from the past, or mm-hmm. we're worrying about something in the future. And um, and one of them turned around and said, "Well." what happens if you know what happens if you've done something wrong and your mum says to you when your dad gets home he's going to give you a smack and without missing a beat one of our kids turns around and she says well if you're going to get a smack later why are you smacking yourself now and i was like get her on the, get her in the business is she what p6 p6 What's that like? 
Like nine, nine years old. old. Nine, nine years, years old. old. Yeah, yeah. Madness. Um, so un- unbelievable. And I thought that was I thought that was so true. Like, you know, we've got something coming up. Like, you know, even like this podcast coming. Like, coming. I was like in my mind, I'm going on the Joe Rogan in my head. Like, you know, I'm in the shower and I'm, and I'm like, you know, okay, I'll say this and then see will say this and then that'll set me up for this sort of, and it's just like, you know, panicking about it. And I realized it's like, you know, it's either going to be, it's either going to go well or it's not going to go well. And me worrying about it, like how, how yeah. is this? It's not going to make a difference. Not like going back to being present. It's just, being present in what we're saying right now because like I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are the same but sometimes like if you're saying something a thought might come into my head like you just gotta let that go and let and yeah. let you finish what you're gonna say because yeah. like I've, I've seen sometimes where <clears throat> someone could be saying something and then the host or the other person comes in and says something that's completely off topic that was maybe yeah. said at the start of the speech and they're like all right you were just waiting to say that like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> You know, so like it's just be just be present, just just hear what's going on, and and overthinking it. You know, it's only going to build it up more in your head and cause anxiety about coming on and being like, oh no, but I was going to say this instead because you know what I was thinking. Whereas like now, like usually I don't really I don't really plan much. I just I just wrote a few things down for this to like because obviously so don't so don't sound like an imbecile. But again, like again, like I just kind of go off the cuff too, just and, and just let it flow. I think that's the best way. Just kind of flow. Yeah. within a direction i think i think so too and and i would love and and it's something that's been really impactful for me it's like coming out of that thinking mind coming out of the future kind of past and having like that stillness through like a mindfulness or a meditation practice and if we had time at the end i'd love to do a wee five ten you know kind of just like a mindfulness meditation because i think it's i think it's something that i feel that i benefit so much from and anyone that i anyone that i sort of introduced to it sort of it seems to just bring in that kind of that sense of calm because you know we're we're often just over, overthinking these things too much in our minds and I think especially with kind of kind of like what's going on at the moment where you know where where a lot of people are like working from home and um, I was chatting to someone I was chatting, to, I was chatting to someone who still works in the bank and they were saying we're communicating via so we've got a we've got a WhatsApp group we've also got a messenger group for work so purely for work. But we've got an in, we've got our internal emails. We've also got an internal communication page in there, and she's like, the messages could come from any of those platforms. So we're constantly, I'm constantly checking all of these areas, kind of all the time, and it's just like the bombardment of information is unreal. Like I even find myself lying in bed the other night, and not the other night, but a couple weeks ago, being like, well, the the inauguration's happening, and you know it's going to be happening in America. I wonder what's happened with these swing states. I'm like, what the hell's a swing state? What do I care about what's happening in America? And I, I, like, 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 it's it's kind of funny. Now, obviously, it's uh, it's a it's a strange time, so people have a lot more free time to focus on things. But the amount of people that were commenting and giving their opinion about Biden being president and Trump leaving, it's like you live in Northern Ireland, like, yeah, yes like have a view of the world but like why do you like i've seen people like getting annoyed and like putting on rants i think you don't live there is it really a a direct effect to to you in your day-to-day life who's president just what you see on social media that's what you think it's going to affect it it, it just feels like it feels like more more negativity more things that kind of get yourself like wrapped up in and it's funny you you chat the people there's um i've got a family member who'll remain nameless and uh they they find themselves 
they find themselves online you know like arguing with all these kind of different like groups on there and being and you know coming in and and we're maybe like um you know if we're we're chatting or whatever and you know, i'm like you're right and he's like you never guess what they said to me online and because i i presented them with a with a with a you know a completely bulletproof case about why such and such is incredible I said, why why are you letting yourself get so wrapped into all of these dramas you know there's I don't know. It kind of feels a little bit to me like, you know, our brains haven't haven't changed or evolved much, you know, over the over the last, you know, like thousand years. But yet the pressures and demands that we have now placed upon us, it just seems to get kind of faster and faster. And and it's one of the reasons why one of the reasons why I started new ways. I sort of feel like we're getting to a point where, you know, if you imagine like a jug. And as that, as that jug fills up with water, it becomes heavier and heavier and harder and harder to hold. And that's our stressors. And I feel like that jug is rapidly filling and getting heavier and heavier and more stressful in our bodies. But yet we're not able to kind of empty it and almost to kind of to, to get rid of some of that stuff. And especially now, de-stress, you know, you know, there's especially with COVID now as well. We were, we were just chatting just for a second before we started, like, you know, you're not able to get to the gym. You're not able to get out and kind of do those sort of things. And it's just like, you know, people are so are, are so pressured just now and aren't able to have, you know, the same outlets that kind of maybe brought them joy in the past. Yeah, but it's it's like the the way you said that like mindfulness and all that there is becoming the new hot and sexy trend. Yeah. Like in a way, that's good because then hopefully a lot more people catch on and they will they will start to decompress from the craziness of the last year because. Because of what's going on, people have more anxiety and more anger because everyone's frustrated. Like everyone's frustrated to some degree because you're missing out on something or you just want to return to normal or whatever you think normal is, whatever. Yeah. But because they have more time, they feel like they should express their anger more. They have more time to sit on Facebook, to post on Instagram and comment on people's things and read through all the trolls. Yeah. It's like that's like if we're if we're in this situation for the next five years, that cannot continue because no, no another way. year down the line, you're gonna be a mess. Like that's just you, you're gonna be negative, horrible to be around. No one's gonna want to speak to you, look at you. You're probably not gonna want to speak to anyone, look at anyone because you're just in such a negative mindset. Because you're so deep in it, you're probably find it even harder to get out than what you would right now. So it's like it's, it's also having common sense to know that this is not benefiting me in any way. Going through all this nonsense and like. I, hopefully with the work you do and others do they, they catch on to that yeah for sure and i think you hit the nail on the head it's about being able to decompress and and, and figure out and part of the part of the work that i do with you know i kind of do a mixture of work i do work with with young people in the schools and i also do workplaces as well and um kind of the first session i do is is called chin in and really it's almost starting to look at actually what are some of the things that chin in or chin in chin in and it's starting to actually chin into your body and realize you know what your thoughts are towards things how does that make you feel what are your like behaviors and actions because quite often we get like for an example like uh, for me today i had to um i had to um had to stop off at the elster hospital today and they had this, they were doing loads of construction. I think they're building a new car park and everything was all like one way. These be, you know, you know, the kind of like the construction traffic lights where I don't think it can detect when you're there and it just stays red indefinitely. 
and I was uh I kind of I was sitting there and I could feel myself just getting oh, do you know just like kind of just more work there. <laughs> you know? and I was um and I was listening to I was listening to this listening to this audiobook and I could just feel myself which audiobook um it's called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Okay, I'm gonna tell you to, to remind me of that audiobook. The reason I asked is because have you listened to Shannon Lee's audiobook, Bruce Lee's Daughter? No. It's called Be Water. Released last uh, year. I'm listening to it at the minute. Uh, and Be Water, my friend. And it's the whole principle of Bruce Lee's quote of Be Water. You know, before you go into a situation, like for example, right, if I'm coming to your one of your seminars or one of your workshops or whatever, yeah. he would say, empty your cup empty your mind, be formless, be shapeless. Don't go in thinking, oh, I know ABC about mental health. So I want to know what else he knows and what else he's going to tell me. Go in knowing nothing and be willing to learn and like accept everything you say and take on board what you think is, is useful. And he says like, water is ever adapting. You know, a river, if there's rocks in the river, it'll move around the rocks or go over and, and if you, slam your hand into the water, it's going to move around your hand. Yeah. Water is never like, obviously like a lake or something that's stationary, yeah. but usually in its natural form, it's, it's never yeah. stationary. It's always moving. It's always flowing. So yeah. I think that there as well, being just free of yeah. your, your, your pre-existing knowledge of, of what yeah. you would know. So like, yeah, I would recommend that audio book <clears throat> um, if, if you're into them. It's, um, I haven't, I'm only not even halfway through and it's, it's great already. But yes, so you have the traffic lights. You get to like, listen to an audio book. I, I, I love that. And what was the, um, it reminded me of a quote. Um, be, oh, just whenever you said about emptying yourself, because I think that's such a, I think it's such a concept that people could take on board because like you say, there's so many people who walk into situations with these preconceived ideas. And a quote that I heard was always always approach people as if as if they could teach you something or always approach people if they could tell you something that you didn't already know. And I find that since I've had that in my mind, my patience has just like, you know, has has increased so much. And I'm, I'm finding myself like more curious about people whenever they're talking to me that they could potentially have something that they're going to teach me instead of kind of feeling like, oh, well. You know, you're 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 there in the conversation as opposed sure. to oh, there's Patty. Oh, here he is about his mental health. He's gonna give it all this. You know what I mean? It's like no, I want to hear what he has to say. He might say yeah. something that clicks for me. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, and so I'm at so I'm at this traffic light, and I <laughs> yeah, can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we haven't even got to like you start <laughs> setting up your business yet. Unreal. I love it. I, anyway. I, I thought this was like a. I thought this was like a. I thought this was like a device or a vehicle that you use to build suspense into your podcast. I'm thinking like this guy. This guy's got it done. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking like because I've I'm forgotten about these stories. So I'm hoping that you're you're you've got these all kind of like juggling kind of going on in your head. You don't want to be in here. <laughs> you don't want to be in here. <laughs> Before the end of the podcast, Steve, we're gonna get in there. <laughs> Iron Fort. Iron Fort in here, boy. <laughs> Mystic, Mystic, do you remember Mystic Meg? I used to do the horoscopes in the sun. Wow. And then, and then the day, the day that my heart broke was when I read the other horoscopes because for so long I only read the Virgo ones and I was like spot on, spot on, spot on. And then I read a, you know, a Capri Sun or a Capricorn or whatever they call it. And, uh, and I was like, 
exactly, you know, pretty much the same thing, you know, but anyway. Um, I'm at this traffic light. <laughs> You're at the traffic light. You're listening to an audiobook. I'm listening to an audiobook and I can feel this. Um, and you know what? I can't even remember fully the reason why I'm telling the story. So I'm going <laughs> to, if it's off piece, feel free to just uh, direct me back on. But yeah, we'll um, see where you end up. Um, I was at the traffic light and I could feel the frustration kind of building up. And then I go and I drive the wrong way and I park down. I kind of bring myself in a kind of like a dead end sort of park. And um, as I was kind of like, as I was kind of reversing out, this lorry driver just kind of came, came out of nowhere. I hadn't seen him, came out of nowhere, pulled right up behind me and then looked at me as if, you know, as if I was the one that had just drove in front of him. And he just kind of, and he's like, you know, at the window. And, you know, you know, <laughs> do you just feel that rage? And I think the purpose of why I was telling this is, is that we have, between kind of the between kind of the event and our reaction, we have kind of like that choice kind of in the middle. And sometimes that window of opportunity is so slim. And one of the things that one of the things that I've learned, one of the things that I, that I teach in the course, is about uh, oh yeah, tuning in. I remember now, it's about tuning into your emotion and always being a, being aware of it. And I um a lot of the a lot of kind of the, the mindfulness and meditation sort of audiobooks I listen to, they talk a lot about being the observer of your emotions, almost actually kind of like removing yourself from the situation and viewing it from almost like an eagle down perspective. And in that way, you're almost not, I'm angry, but instead I have anger. And whenever you, whenever you're not almost wearing that kind of anger and you recognize that it's there, it almost creates an opportunity so that you can, that you can kind of, you can even make a choice in that moment. And and I looked and I seen like and then my brain went eagle in my head and I was like oh and I was like yeah I have anger and I was like yeah I feel really angry right now and I was able then to actually observe what my thoughts and feelings were and my thoughts were how dare he you know look at me like that and I'm lost and this blah 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 and I was feeling anxious and worried and blah blah you know and I was able to then once I had seen it and observed it from a bit of a distance. I could then make the change and the way that you kind of break out of this. And this is a, a have you heard of CBT? Perfect. CBT, CBT was I've, I've done in the past and I find massively, massively helpful for me. What it does is it gets you to look at, um, it basically looks at four areas, your thoughts about something, your feelings about something, your actions and urges, so like your behaviors, and then kind of physically, like what it's doing inside your body. So you have a thought. So my, so kind of like the thing about it is like my thought was, you know, how dare he, you know, kind of be aggressive towards me. My feeling was anger and frustration. My, my urge was to beep the horn, give him the finger, kind of blare, to get on the phone to my girlfriend, complain. And then physically how I was feeling was my whole body was just like my chest was tight. My stomach was kind of just in like that. I always get it like right at the top of my stomach, you know, where if I'm kind of like annoyed about something or I feel offended in some way, it's just kind of like that, like that tightness. And the, the way that you break, the way that you break out of this is that you change the thoughts to rational, positive or factual thoughts. 
And if you can't do that, you have to change the behavior to something that's positive. Um, so in so in that um so in that, in that circumstance, the kind of the the factual thought I had was like, this guy's only doing his job, he didn't see me, he was worried he was gonna crash into me. The rational thought was was that, you know, like we made a mistake. I probably should have spent more time to study which way I was driving and not kind of drove into a part where he was working. And the positive thought was, sure, nothing happened. Do you know, he's only he's only looked through here. Uh, it's no big deal. And then, you know, then the, the positive kind of action urge then was just that I didn't, you know, didn't react to that and kind of didn't, uh, didn't feel like to kind of go down that uh, go down that path. But it's so easy just to kind of get wrapped up. For some reason, driving the car seems to be a trigger for me. You know, people like pulling in front of you or giving you the finger or sort of like you know tailgating you to like driving right up your arse it just just seems to like really like trigger me a lot a lot of people are angry when they're driving in the car they're just ready to snap and when i when i was younger like if you know someone cuts you off that indicating or they don't say thank you when you let them out no you'd be like you fucking motherfucker i fucking i i chase you down and like like it is it's, it's, like it's normal for people to be angry like but then is that derived from tense of somewhere else? Or is it because when you're driving, you're just trying to get to a destination, you just want to get there. You want to fast forward to your destination. You don't want there to be any nonsense on the way. So when yeah. something happens, you're kind of like, this wasn't supposed to happen, you know? So it is, it is very, it's very easy to react. Like I've, I've been there many, many a times. Um, but yeah, it's just about like realizing what you're thinking and feeling and going, nah, like, What's what's the benefits gonna kind of like this gonna come out of this? We're gonna get out in the M two here and start scrapping each other. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like well, that's just not gonna happen. Air digs. <laughs> just on the Abby Center turn off, just together and they go. but yeah, so so like new ways and I, this is your business that you're setting up and so would I be right in saying that you're just focusing on help, helping people deal with mental health? Whether it's issues, whether it's people that maybe haven't experienced anything to do with mental health, they just want to know a bit more about it. Like, yeah. um, tell me a wee bit about sort of what you're what you're looking to do with old new ways. I'm so excited for your new journey. Um, and anyone that starts a business, I'm so buzzing for because you're doing what you want to do. Like that's the first. Like you're doing what you want to do. So I'm so happy for you. Oh, cheers, man! I, I really, I really appreciate it. And if we if if we ever get back to finishing off the finishing off the the bank situation. It just wasn't where it was. It, it wasn't where it wasn't where I wanted to be at all. Like, but the the business, the business itself. So what I'm basically what I've done. You know what? I'll let you. I know why we should go back. We should go. So you're in the bank. Them two boys are lost. It's just like you know. You know what we're like. We're like a chat. We're like a chat. Like should we're we in the bank? Should, should we should we tell a story or should we save it for a part two? Tease them, tease them for that way, you know. Could be a part two, no? no I'll just, it could be a part two, like <laughs> spread it, spread it over a couple. So, okay. okay, I'm in the uh, I'm in the bank, and I got into that kind of I got into that position. I got my way out of call center. I was kind of in the big fancy kind of head office, and it's funny because I kind of had got everything I wanted. Really, I got out of the call center. I had a job that was respectable. I was well thought of, you know, kind of within my team. My money was decent. I was getting to wear, you know, I was getting to wear my uh, my suit. Yeah, I need a suit, by the way. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come see. You. I want to chat about your business for a wee while as well. Yeah, <laughs> you guys got the merch link. Link, 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 link below for merch. 
um, and um, I kind of thought I kind of thought I had everything I wanted, and what I realized was that I really didn't have anything I wanted. I wasn't I wasn't really doing what I felt my to be my purpose, which was helping people. I was kind of doing it in a roundabout way. I was helping people with their banking, and I was helping my colleagues, and you know, like within the job itself, I was volunteering for these, you know within certain organizations they kind of give you like champion roles or you know little roles that you can kind of be you know you, you can be in charge of kind of extra responsibility type stuff and i was doing that and i was maybe looking after you know the charities and organizing you know different bits and pieces but i don't think it was i don't think it was kind of give me that fulfillment and and so that joke was kind of like was building up i wasn't really doing anything that was kind of that was really getting after i was spending all my time and energy kind of working when i wasn't in work i was at home talking about work or you know applying for more jobs to get bigger promotions and um when we eventually when we moved back home to ireland the only job that i could um the only job that i could get was back in the call center as a as a manager of the uh, as a manager of you know like the credit card team i don't i didn't even have it i never even had a credit card i didn't i didn't know how i ended up in that position and um mm. I was like taking over calls, customer complaining about interest not being correct in their account. And I was like, I'm just not the guy for this job. And um, I just, again, panic attacks set. And then was starting to feel really, you know, sleep was starting to get affected. And I had all these warning signs kind of like building up, you know, basically like things kind of weren't going well. Because often, you know, the physical body kind of tells a bit of a story. You know, like my stomach was really sore all the time. My shoulders always felt tense. I always had like a twitchy eye. You get a twitchy eye. It's the worst. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I, I think it's like bad sleep. I was getting like ulcers in my mouth and all these sort of things, and um, it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't going well. And then kind of went on and on and on. And then it just got to the point where I just, I, I just couldn't bring myself to go into work. I find myself like driving, you know, driving up to the car park and work sitting there for like 10 minutes almost having to like barter with myself to try and get out of the to try and get out of the car um and slipped into you know slipped into like a you know quite a deep depression you know the the things in my life that kind of brought me joy beforehand were just you know i, I was just completely completing the pits and it slipped in so slowly and i was off work for about i was off work for i think in the end it was like four four months five months maybe something like that like um went to my <laughs> went to my gp i went to my gp and i was like um i was like yeah man I, i'm like i'm not doing well and they're like they're sure looking at you as in like get to the you know like get to the point and i was like yeah, yeah. yeah. i was like I, i'm not i'm not doing well and before i was even kind of finished like what do you need and i was like what do you i need it was like a, he's like he's like what do you need and i was like I, I don't know like what do you take when you're depressed and he, he, he was like um he's like uh, antidepressant sleeping tablets and i was like yeah like and he's like okay uh 20 milligrams of fluoxetine and blah, 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 you know right here and um and then he was just like uh, he's like oh yeah and uh exercise see friends and eat well see you later mate um exercise what see friends and eat well <laughs> thanks very much uh, and i was like right magic perfect and um, I left, and I, and I wasn't. I, th I didn't get. I, I didn't get better. And I went back, and he goes to me. He says, "Here, it's not rocket science." He says, "We just double the dose." And uh, <laughs> name, name and shame, name and shame him. What? Okay, now in fairness, mate, 
maybe that's not his field of expertise, so you can't judge him too much in fairness. But even like I don't know, like even common sense, like it's like have you have you no care for another human to be like, mm, fuck this boy, like I wonder is there something else? Oh no, I'll be depressed. So sleeping tablets, you know, I'll just get my commission off uh, prescribing yeah. these medicines. Yeah. No. It would be and and I knew because I've got um because my luckily for me, my mum's a counselor. My stepmom works um works for she's the manager of. Have you ever heard of the Family Care Centre in Antrim? It's in, it's in it's in it's in Rath and Raw. Um, they're actually they're actually setting up a support group soon for uh, for Aware and I. They do quite a lot of stuff there. They do a lovely service called uh, Good Morning Antrim. And uh, what they do is they get um you know they, basically they have a people a list of people on their books. And they give them a wee call in the morning to sort of check in on them, see what support they need. You know, this is maybe kind of like, you know, the elderly and the vulnerable in the community. Check and see how they're doing. Oh, fantastic charity. Really couldn't recommend that high enough. But I was lucky to have them. And they're like, no, you need to be you need to be linking them with counselling. Antidepressants alone isn't sufficient to really to, you know, to get you out of depression, to really make you feel better. Antidepressants, they... they the it's kind of like... It's like would I be right in saying it's like escapism? Like you would just take your antidepressants to not feel the depression, but you're not getting to the root of why you're depressed. I, I would, I would never, I would never say, I would never say a bad word about antidepressants. But what I would say is, is that they're not to be used ever on their own. What they do is, see, whenever you're, whenever you're depressed or you're bipolar or you're having these extreme moods, your your mood if you imagine like, do you know, if you imagine like a, if you imagine kind of like this is like a graph, you're. Have you drawn something? I don't see anything on that page. Have you drawn oh, okay. something well, on that page? Well, well, <laughs> imagine, imagine that's kind of like that's like your baseline. When you're depressed, your mood is just sinking low, 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 low. What antidepressants do is they don't send you high, high, high. They allow you to level. They allow you to level off, and from that place. Because if you're really, really low, like you're having extreme thoughts, like, you know, there's thoughts in your head, like, I'm, like if this is, if this is going to be what I'm like for the rest of my life, like, why would I, you know, why would I keep living? Do you know, why would I go into work? Why would I wash, you know, if I'm going to be feeling like this? And what antidepressants do is they, they allow you to come out of that low and kind of go into the level. But what you need to start doing is you need to start then doing the talking therapy, doing the group support, doing the things where you're actually addressing the root cause of the problem, you know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't badmouth them and say that they're, say that they're, you know, say that they don't, you know, they don't make people better. But I think the, I think the best thing to say is, is that they need to be used in tandem with other services is, is really kind of what they need to be kind of used as. And, and my, and I said to my doctor, so my, my stepmom and my mom were like, look, you need counseling. And uh, I was like, right, right, okay. Like that sounded all very dramatic. And I must say now that I'm like the biggest advocate of counseling. I feel that if it should be like national service, I think that people should go and have like a six month check-in. See, to, see, honestly, see to talk to someone who doesn't really, do, doesn't know you, doesn't know your family, isn't going to be worried about what you say, isn't going to get wrapped up in the nitty gritty, that's able to give you that like impartial advice and I, and I don't know whether it's just me or not, but I find like, do you know, like discovering more about myself and getting to the root cause of where these things come from. I find that fascinating. So I, I, I've always really enjoyed it. But the GP, GP said that um, it was 18 months before I could, uh, before they would have any free counselors available, a year and a half. You know, so if you're, if you're in a bad spot, 
So uh, right, look, look after yourself for 18 months and then we'll even <laughs> yeah. And uh, oh, I so saw I went back to him. Um, I went back actually three times, and the second time he says, he says, here, Patrick, it's not rocket science. He says, we just double the dose. And uh, I remember speaking to my, I remember speaking to my mate Jamesy, and he's um, oh, do you remember, do you, do you remember Jamesy from from Heiser Fraser? He was um, he was uh, the brand- uh, O'Hare. James O'Hare. James O'Hare. Yeah. You know, you know, I actually, I was working with James O'Hare 2019. He became assistant manager in Hugo Boss. Yes, yes. Boss. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Mark, uh, Mark Butterwood as well. Yeah, he love. was there too. He's a good lad. See, Character. two, two characters you have to get on air are, are see James could tell stories for days. And his Mark- stories. I used to record every morning. I said, Jamesy, another story today, please tell me something. And he would just go off on a tour. It's just, you know, like, I love his accent, first and foremost. Like, I love yeah. his accent. But yeah. he's just got a pure West Belfast hood accent. So he just love makes it. everything he says so much better. And then when he was talking to people with Hugo Boss, they're like, oh, I made what I think I accent all right. Oh, I forward shell, man. It's fantastic. And... Honestly, he's one of the wisest guys. He he's lived. You know, we talk about oh, he's been here before. You know, talk about that babies. Oh, they they've been here before. I feel like James. He's lived ten lives. Do you know, like just his wisdom. And he says to me, he says, "Hold on." He says, he says, "Not rocket science." <laughs> he goes, "The mind made rocket science." He says, "The mind is the rocket science of rocket science." <laughs> oh boy, these are going book. The mind is rocket science. Of ro- what? The, the rocket? What? What did he say? The GP says. The GP says. Cycles back and says, "Look, I'm not getting better." And he says, "Look, it's not rocket science. You just yeah. double the dose." But it's my mental health, and it's the it, it's my mind not being healthy. So James, he says, "Well, who do you think made rocket science?" He's like the mind. So he's describing rocket science as this really complex thing. But in a way, he's almost saying, well, it's not rocket science. It's just your mind. But the mind made rocket science. So therefore, like, you know, it's not just as simple as doubling the dose. You know, there's obviously something that's deeper down. What I love about the mind is that the mind named itself the mind or the brain named itself the brain. You know what I mean? Like, so don't underestimate the power of the brain. So I, I just want to throw that in because every time I think of that, I'm just like, the brain named itself. The brain named itself. The brain, like what? Well, man, thanks a lot. I'm not gonna sleep tonight thinking about that. <laughs> no, man. No, man. Dropping knowledge. <laughs> I remember the first time that Brian Cox told me that the the universe was infinite and it's constantly expanding itself. And I was just, and I lay in bed one night and I was like, what's at the edge of the universe? It just keeps going. It just. Anyway, mate, like. If we start talking about you, if can we start I, talking about you, like without going off on a tangent, can I ask you a very quick question? Go for it. Do you believe that there's other life form in in space or the universe or universe or in the galaxy or whatever you want to call it? Do you believe there's other life form? Now, I could, like I, this, we could go off. Like I could talk to you about this for three days straight, but like I just can I, uh, I've got time. Like, how could there not be life in other universes or other uh, other planets? Do you know what? And I and I heard and I heard and I heard some theories on it. And they said a couple of the theories are is that either 
we're so far away from other from other life forms that we'll never meet each other. Yeah, because you travel there, they travel here. It's so many light years that we'll yeah, it'll just we're, yeah, we'll, we'll be Katie bread. We will be will be brown bread by the time we get there. Either we're the first um, life form to develop in the universe, and then as time goes on, there will be more sparking up, or a more depressing one is actually that the universe actually was full of life, and we're the last planet to to, to have life on it, and it's kind of. See, that's, that's another thing. I remember reading somewhere, I think it was on the NASA website, um, and there was someone that wrote a paper about however many stars and galaxies and how many suns there are and Earth-sized planets and all this, and my mind was just melting in front of the phone. Um, and they were saying, it's either unbelievable that we are the only ones on any planet, we're the only life one. Yeah. And, and we're really lucky or why are we the only ones oh we're the only ones why are we the only ones simulation theory are we, are we lucky or unlucky so anyway so yeah so <laughs> you do believe or something like that i believe it's something out there like it's yeah it's it's, it's too like it's, it's crazy space i love thinking about space and watching stuff about space um, it, it, it is it, it is amazing and see to be honest and like uh sea swimming which which we haven't we haven't touched on yet. Uh, hiking, mountain climbing, thinking about space. These are all things that I find that they completely just my worries just dissolve. When I think about a bigger picture, when I'm on a mountain, I can't worry about the fact that my broadband at home isn't as fast as I would like it to be. But when I'm sitting here, it's all I can uh, and it's because, because of the environment you're in, right? So like I'm yeah. sitting here right now, everything I'll be thinking about will be in this room. You know, I'll be thinking, oh, Swan here looks well, or on oh, my head, or you know, it's because in your environment. And like when you say that your your problems don't matter, like we we are like we are small, like we are smaller than this, like yeah, and we're on a a a ball, like a globe that is yeah. just flying around the sun every yeah. day, every year, year on year, and we're just flying through the sky. Just we're, we like, we are this, yeah, and, like. Like imagine that on like the universe is this like, like we like we're just flying through this we're just flying through the sky like so why does it matter um, that you're flipping bins weren't collected today you know what I mean like obviously you want your, like, obviously like, obviously you want your rubbish to go out but like in the grand scheme of things like the 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 focus and the negativity that'll come from like focusing on that problem ain't worth it ain't worth it it's so true and. See if you spend any time on like the Antrim Facebook page where you talk about your bins not being emptied. I mean, it's, I could so my page. Cats on there are just like wild. Whew, wild. Wild. So sorry. We keep, we keep getting distracted. Can I say one more thing about the universe before we move on? Of course. <laughs> Standard. One thing that really blew, another thing that blew my mind, and it's not a trick of the universe, what someone, what I was uh, listening to someone saying online, the finding of all knowledge. So I don't know if you've got a, if you've got a fact checking section after this, if you want to, if you, if you want to bring that in. Um, but they were saying that, so the, the building blocks of the, of our, you know, of, well, of everything, you know, are what protons, neurons, electrons, you know, you've watched the, you watched the movie Ant-Man? Yes. I have yes. There's a, there's kind of at one point where he goes into like the and I'm not super into this like 
the subat subatomic sort of like quantum realm or something. Is that, is that, that when he when he like the place that he can't come back out of? Is that is that what you mean? Exactly. So he gets so small, he gets so tiny that basically, and this is the thing that blows my mind. So if you imagine that you know the distance between planets, you know, you know, in the in space in the universe is obviously light years and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of miles, but within us. You like you want to say something? Do you want to say something? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go. I just get excited about stuff like this. <laughs> and but the space between our protons and neurons and electrons is as vast as the space between the planets. So it's only really a matter of scale and perspective that actually within us that this hand looks solid, this table looks solid, but really what we're looking at is a universe of planets, of atoms, of electrons. And actually the thing that my hand is made out of is the same thing that the cup's made out of. Because it's the same building blocks. By the way, if anyone's just listening, I'm looking at my hand right now and boy, am I confused. <laughs> my, my head's away. Mate. Yeah, or if anyone's just tuned in right now, they're just like. Yeah. Yeah. Off. <laughs> Off. <laughs> it's Legal highs these boys got from fresh garbage are kicking in hard. <laughs> speaking of like speaking of uh, a distance, like just a fun fact for you, the distance between the sun and Earth is ninety three and a half million miles. Just think of that number, ninety three and a half million miles. So that's how far away the sun is from Earth. Yeah. And you think about when it's forty degrees. Um, wow. it's burning you, scalping you. Ninety-three and a half million miles away, mate. Like if it was any closer, kitty bread. If it was any further away, it would probably be kitty bread too. It'd be too cold, and like, and, would, like and, things wouldn't be able to, to grow. And I think of, I think of COVID has taught us anything is that nothing's really nothing's really for certain. Like do you know what? Like like who gets a fuck is getting kicked off Love Island? Like like <laughs> it's, it's all, it's like it's, like we're all we're all gonna go one day. Like. Like just make the best of it. Like fucking experience shit. You know what I mean? Were you uh, you, you were on? You were. I've just remembered you. <laughs> you were on Take Me Out. <laughs> Fuck, that was a long time ago now. Fuck. Honestly, that was. I don't know about you, but that was a proud moment for me because seeing you from Antrim, an excuse to tell anyone when because I lived in Scotland, so I was always I was always I was always rapping Antrim like, and uh, I remember being like. Uh, here, chin in the ITV too. My mate CB's on, you know, he's on taking you out. That is like, I do not regret that one bit, but boy, was that like, I, I like, I can't watch any of it because it's too cringy. Like, because it's, <laughs> it's too cheesy, too cringy, but I loved doing it. Like, it was such good crack. Um, and, I, and I met some unreal people through it. Like, some yeah. of the guys I've had on the show, like, I met through that show. Seriously. Like, so, so, like, it was awesome. I, I loved doing that show. And, like again, when when you're talking about like how you react to what people say to you, the abuse I got on Twitter the night my episode was on, my goodness! Really? No, no, I love a good slather, like I love a good rip. Mate, I got torn to shreds. Shreds. Well, so I have so I, just whoever was watching the show just. So I have my long hair, obviously, my hair. Yeah. Like, like if you search like anyone that's listening, if you search it like you will find it, you'll see how disgusting it looks. Anyway, oh, it's beautiful. So 
So like there was tweets going like, oh, why is Johnny Depp's dirty cousin on here? Like <laughs> Jesus hasn't washed, and there was like a picture of this like homeless man in a bath and all. And I was looking at it going, you bastard. I was like, this is funny, but like, you bastard. <laughs> so like, you just you have to take it like when you put yourself out there like that, you have to be game smart enough to know that you're gonna get some ripping. Yeah. Like, there's always gonna be haters. If you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. You know what I mean? Love me. I love love that attitude. Like I think that I think if I was I think if I was famous and people were just on sending me death threats, slabbering, you know, nonstop. I, I think honestly, like I don't know if my I don't know if my you know, obviously I have class tools for mental you know, for mental management, but I think as a personality type, I think that I would be fighting a fighting a losing battle there. Like, were you not absolutely kicking yourself for going on that show? Like as you were as you were waiting for the as you waiting for the door to open, was your heart not just in your throat? Like you know what's weird, right? See, so the way the show is set up, so obviously like per episode it's four guys. So that's so my show so Monday I went from Preston down to Eng uh Preston down to England, what am I right? Went from Preston down to London, London down to Maidstone, which is where the studios were. Tuesday morning was the show. So there was the four guys that were on the same show. So there was me and three others. Uh, one, there was another guy from Preston, a guy from Liverpool, and a guy from down south. So us four all day were with each other all day in the green room, and we had like our minders or showrunners, whatever you call them. Met Paddy, what's a crack now, and he like watches your video because you do like a video like interview before you get on the show, so he knows a bit about you. So because the four of us were together all day, like literally maybe like six, seven, eight hours. And we just met that morning because I didn't meet them the night before because by the time you got to the hotel, it was like, right, we're up at five, time for bed. So I had just met them that morning and then we got to know each other and we were like, yo, we're all going to record this show that's going to be on ITV together. So that's the same for every episode. And I had such a good group of lads. Like we got on so well, like unbelievable. We were watching The Office, the UK one, not the US one, right? US office, like don't even start, UK office, obviously. <laughs> We were watching that all day, like sleeping, eating, went out to the to where it's recorded, like kind of practice. So by the time we came to the show, we were just bugging. Like I like and I was first out. I was first. So like I was just like I could I could let this build up in my head and let it take over me and develop anxiety and fall coming out of the lift or sweat or crying. Which are like for anyone who hasn't seen it, like I don't terrible on the show. Like so many lights went off, so many, and I just had to look there and go right. It's like it's like it's I can't do anything. Like the lights are off, whatever. I've just got to, I've just got to keep being like happy yeah. and buzzing and show that like. And and I was I was just trying to crack jokes left and right and having a good time. And I think that's why I enjoyed it so much because I didn't I didn't let that like hang over me being like, oh I wanted more lights on, I wanted more birds, blah blah blah. Like I just like you know I was like I was on, and our episode was on Valentine's Day. So Saturday, the 14th of February was the night, 2015 was the night our, my episode was on. So, so many people seen it. So like I had like text, phone calls, whatever. So I just like, look, I could be embarrassed about how everyone has just seen me. Yeah. Or I could be like, look, I was just on ITV primetime Saturday. Like I'm like, yeah. I, I've had people still just watch it for the first time and go, I thought I've seen you there. Because ITV2 repeats it all the time. And they're like, I've just seen you on TV. So like, it's funny. Like, so like, I do not regret it. Like it was such good crack. I loved it. But again, like I think to a certain degree, you have to be kind of mentally strong to take the abuse and the rejection and all. So like, 
I was a wee bit, I was, and I was wired on caffeine. Like, man, I must have had about 25 coffees that day. I was bouncing off the walls all day. Like, have you, have you always had that kind of, that real, well, like, the word that we use now is like resilience, you know, being able to kind of like bounce back from those ups and downs. Have you always been quite a, I've known you in House of Fraser, you've always seen you know, very, like, like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh, you've always seemed like on the go, right, lad? like, you don't seem to get too, too sort of like phased. Like, have you always been that way? I would say, I would say definitely. I'm, I'm like that more so now. Um, just because of like things that have happened, COVID, you just got to realize life's short time. Like you don't have a lot of time. Just be yeah. happy. Cause, but like when I was younger, I would have been, I would have been like that to a degree. But definitely, like, I would have let things sink in more and be like, why did you say that? No. Because yeah. you're young, you don't know. And it's, it's one, like once you let a negative thought creep in, it snowballs. And another yeah. negative thought creeps in, yeah. and like, why are they saying that? Why are they saying this? And yeah, all? But, like, yeah. but what I will say is, the, the lads I grew up with around around here, um, we give each other hell the abuse. Like, yeah. like there was yeah. nothing that was not said. And like, obviously, me being of, of tanned complexion, yeah. and them all not being of tanned complexion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was obviously a lot of them jokes, so I got used to a lot of that growing up, I and mean, it was just all in fun. Like I know, I know these boys still, I'm still good mates with all of them. So I, I got used to being around abuse and ripping from yeah. very from a very young age. So like I just kind of got used. To, I think I think that's what makes me a bit like ah whatever, so, uh, and then cry after when they're not looking. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's a baptism of fire, and I think, and I think that I had something kind of like. I grew up kind of, I went to like, you know, quite staunch Protestant schools when I was younger and having a name like Patrick McElwee kind of singles you out. But I could only imagine, at least I could bluff sometimes and could, you know, could be like, oh, what's your name? Uh, I, you know, Dave or whatever, you know, just kind of make something up. But you're almost kind of, you're like, I, there's Johnny, mate. But you're like, you know, you're almost kind of. It's like, kind of, it's like <laughs> That boy looks a wee bit like he's not from here. Like, and, and, and you know, like, you know what's funny because, like, I can understand where they were coming from because, like, I've been here since birth. So night, early nineteen nineties when I was growing yeah. up, like, there wasn't a lot of us about. There wasn't a lot of us about. <laughs> so when they seen you, they maybe didn't even think you could speak English, and then I'd have this yeah. accent, and be like, "How about more than that?" And they'd be like, "Huh? Like what?" So it confused yeah. a lot of people, which made people a bit like. Yeah, kind of like on office for me, but like, gosh, it, 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 was, it, was, it was, I suppose it's a good experience because it just got me used to being in like weird situations and getting used to it. And when you're around like awkward people, I've kind of been there before. And it's, it's funny, isn't it? You know, it, probably at the time you're probably just like, oh, what, you know, like, why do I have to do this? Why, why? But almost I imagine now, I imagine you wouldn't be the person who you are today. Do you know, if you hadn't had that adversity, you hadn't had to overcome into a room and know that everyone's looking at you sort of thing you know um. <laughs> I look at you and like, and, and like even still they'll be like what's your name Sabe Steve no 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 <laughs> Sabe and they go Sabe like, no, with a B and they go Seb and you go right you know what <laughs> what do you want to call me I guess it's going nowhere this is going nowhere like it was good, like I like like, uh, in, in a way, like, uh, I loved it because, not that, it, not that it was, like, harder to make friendships because you're different, but, like, it, it showed me how genuinely, like, caring people can be when you're very young and you, don't, and you maybe don't have a lot of friends and you start to make friends and you're like, 
oh, well, they don't care about how I look, so I don't care about how they look. And then me me not being uh, genetically local, like if I meet someone from a different country, it would never like even come into my mind of like, where are they from? Maybe out of interest, I'd be like, where are they from? But it would never be like, oh, he's not from here or whatever. So like, I, I suppose I have a, a different outlook on like when I meet people too. And I think you can, I think you can tell, and it's, I think it's an interesting topic, like small towns like Antrim, for example, and I'm not bad mouthing Antrim, but I think that there's a certain, sometimes there's a, there's a certain type of person that you can tell that they've never left. And I think that you can see the people who have gone to even like a quite a common, like Australia, you can tell that guy that's been to Australia, you know, he's wore flip flops on the beach. He's had to, you know, go to a party with all different you know, creeds and sexual orientation. They've experienced being the outsider because they've went to a different country and they're not the local. So like when you have that, yeah, 100%. And I find that that when I I meet someone, say like I I bump into someone, I I rarely rarely kind of go out and under them and stuff like, but if I do bump into someone and and I'm kind of chatting to a stranger, I can almost tell if they've been somewhere, if they've left, and you can sort of tell people that sort of the stage, they stay quite local. And I don't know what it is. I think local people, people from who've never left, they sort of have this sort of, it's almost like a looking over their shoulder to see who's about or to see who's kind of watching. There's quite a, there's like a, there's like a stiffness to it. I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know if you observe that as well. Like, but there is definitely a, a difference in people's personality and how, yeah. like, like you and I be more open. Like yeah. if we met a stranger, we'd be like open to a yeah. degree, whereas people that maybe never left are very closed and they're very like, ah, yeah. ah, awesome. uh, uh, like so yeah, so like it's like it's it's been a great experience growing up here. Like I love it. Um, I I love that this is the way it worked out because it's like if I if I grew up in Pakistan, I don't know what my life would be. Now what I would say is I'd be up north in Pakistan in K two chilling out, on the lakes and all, and flipping loving life. I've been watching loads of like travel videos there recently and you want to see what Northern Pakistan looks like. Because obviously like K2 and all, because they share a border with China. So a lot yeah. of those mountains are on or in both countries, like over the border. So when you drive up through the mountains, it'll be like, there'll be like a tunnel and it'll say like, you're not entering China or like China or China governed whatever, you know? So like they share a lot of borders. So like when you see all these mountains and these vast lakes and like, it's, uh, I'm gonna send you some pictures. I'm gonna send you some pictures and just, just to show you what it looks like. So maybe growing up I would have been a bit of crack, but I wouldn't have this uh, virtue that, uh, <laughs> that I have growing up here. Uh, it's definitely made me more resilient growing up here. For, for sure. And I think, I think resilience and it's, it's, something that, it's something that I cover a lot in the programs that I do. It's because a lot of people ask, do you know well how come two people could deal with the same, the same situation and one gets completely you know like it completely ruins their life it wrecks them and someone else is just like oh well do you know and i think your resilience has a lot has a definitely has a lot to do with it um so i'm at the traffic light anyway and it's a, it's a red light <laughs> <laughs> where, were, where were we we were um... we, we got to jamesy telling you that the doctor was mad because he said several years old. <laughs> I promise, I, you know what, I'm not going to interrupt. I'm just going to stay quiet because I would love for you to finish it. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, and um, yeah, so yeah, so he gave me the depressants. I'd actually gone back. I'd actually gone back three times and had had the dose, like had the, had the dose doubled twice. So I was on the, so I basically upped and up, still hadn't had any 
thought I had any accounts at that point and wasn't feeling any better really. Um, and I found out that my work had a had a program. So I think it's called uh, EAP Employee Assistance Program. And I think a lot of I think a lot of a lot of workplaces have it. Um, and I worked for the bank, and they also had a thing called the Bank Workers Charity, and they could link you up with uh, with counselling for free. So I started doing um, I started doing sort of regular talking therapy, um, which was great. Every time I came out, I just felt like a felt like a different person. And then what really I found was the big difference was the CBT, and what it was was like regular counselling is good. You know, you, you kind of you get into stuff and you can try and find a root cause, but the CBT was all about was all about the here and now. So say for example, like one of the things that I suffer from sometimes whenever I was when it, kind of at the height of being unwell was was like a paranoia. So say I was at the gym, I was like uh, I was lifting weights and I was I was think I was thinking in my head, I bet everyone's thinking he's only, you know, he's only benching 50 kilograms. I bet everyone's thinking he's only benching 50 kilograms. You know, and I'm thinking myself actually 50 kilograms is probably probably class. But we'll probably be doing well to get to do 50 and I've been out of that long. But you, you know, you know that kind of that, you know that kind of thought of like other people's perceptions. But it was like, and, and this is something about this is something about mental health is is that we all have we all have those feelings, we all have those insecurities. We're all human. But whenever you've suffered from poor mental health or depression, these things stay on you longer. You know, they kind of go round and round your head, and they don't sort of kind of they don't come off quite as easy. So I was kind of really, really, really. That was really kind of sitting on me, and then I was going home and I was thinking about it. Do you know when I was telling my girlfriend, "Oh, they were, you know, I seen people looking over and and they were, you know, thinking me only lifting these weights." And when I spoke to the, when I went and spoke to the, which obviously is obviously it's silly because everyone in there is only ever just trying to trying their best, trying to do a workout. And if you do look over at someone and you do look at their trainers or look at whatever, you have a thought for a second. Do you know, it, it's it's not something that you give you know you give too much thought to, like um, yeah, hundred percent. And and even if you and even if you are thinking, and this is the thing, even if they are looking at you and saying, "Is trainers are aware?" what you want to see something here? Yeah. No, give something to look at. <laughs> One fair exam to me, that'll be something. And um, and you know, even if someone is saying like like his trainers are out of the out of the outlet, and uh, and you know he's only you know he's only left next Y and Z. What does it matter? Do you know how everyone's on their own journey, bro? Everyone's on their own journey. You don't walk into a gym on your first day and start benching 120. You know what I mean? Like, no. yeah. Here. Mate, if I tried to lift 120 right now, I'd, it would land on my throat and I'd be dead. 100%. 100%. So when I, whenever I went to the CBT, she, she did that thing with like the, the thoughts, feelings. And so she's like, okay, what are your thoughts? And I wrote all, wrote all my thoughts down. And she says, so are those thoughts factual? And I was like, right, okay. And she's like, are they rational? Are they positive? She says, what could be a thought? What could be a rational or a positive thought that you could have when you're when people look at you? Well, they're maybe just finished a set and then they're just cooling down for you know they're kind of just taking a breather, having a wee, having a wee look about, seeing kind of what's going on, you know. Um, they could be actually thinking, do you know what? I've only started the gym today. He's got good form. You know, you could have a positive thought come in. So I started doing this CBT. And it was a real, real game changer. Um, I started getting involved with a family caring centre in, um, in Rath and Raw. My stepmom recommended that I go and volunteer with, um, do you know Hollywell Hospital? Yeah. This psychiatric hospital there, they, um, they, have a, they have a dementia ward. 
and um, I started volunteering with the, uh, <laughs> tell you a funny story actually about that, I started, vol- I started volunteering with the Alzheimer's Society. Do you know much about dementia or kind of how it works? Or Maybe just a very loose understanding of what it is. So dementia is obviously when they start to, they, they lose their memory and like they maybe don't recognize their kids or whatever, like things like sure. that, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, it, and it's actually, it affects one in, one in three people and it's actually not a, it's not a people sort of think like um for a long time it was just like oh she's getting a bit dotty or she's losing her marbles or that's just what happens when you get older but what i realize now is, is that you know it's not a it's not just a normal it's not just a normal sign of you know of aging it's, it's something that can affect people at any time one in one in three people will get it in their lives you know so it's it's, it's pretty pretty significant and as i started um sort of volunteering there and um <laughs> i remember my first day this um i kind of came in and so I have my, have my wee backpack on with my lunch and stuff with me, and uh, it, it's a it, it's it's a secure unit because obviously it, it, there's vulnerable patients in there, so they have to, they have to sort of keep, keep them contained to a certain degree for their own safety. And so I rang the doorbell, and the nurse lets me in, and she locks it with like an old fashioned like lock and key, and uh, locked me in. Um, can I come in? And um, she was like, uh, "Here, go 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 and see the nurse. Um, I'll I need to go do X, Y, and Z." I said, no worries. This woman goes straight up to my face, and she says, "Excuse me." And uh, I was like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, what's up? And uh, she was like, my shift is finished 20 minutes ago. She says, this ward, this hospital is a frigging joke. She says, I was in here. My team were supposed to do a deep clean and it's completed. And like, what's going on? And I was like, like I, 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 don't, I don't work here. She goes, would you be going to find someone to let me out? And I was like, yeah, like, right, right no worries. 100% nice neat hair she had a coat on makeup wee bag over her shoulder and uh, i seen the doctor actually walk past and i was like i'm sorry uh, uh dr neely um and she looked at me and i was just sorry she's she needs the sit and the doctor kind of looked at me and she was like patient. i was like patient i was like oh wow and uh, i was like all right okay and, and they told me in my training was is that you shouldn't try and you shouldn't try and wake them out of you know whatever you want to call it the the delusion or you know or the the confusion that they're they're experiencing that it only causes them more distress. So you should really sort of you know just kind of be gentle and try and try and guide them. They said that you know maybe mention gently that what they're saying might not be true and if they're not getting it or they're forgetting it or it's causing them suffering, don't make it worse. Just go along with it. And I was like, right, okay. Um, Sure, I, I'll walk with you here and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll figure out what's going on. And she was like, right, okay, because, you know, I need to get home. And I said, yeah, no worries. And we walked about and we chatted. And um, as I was leaving at the end of, that, at the end of my shift, um, I went and grabbed the nurse and I said to her, uh, I was like, I was like, well, Sandra, that's, that, that's me. That's, that's eight o'clock. I, I'm, I'm going to hit the road here. And she went, knock, um, knock, no, Patrick. She, 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 were, she were pouring tea now. And I says, "Tea? No, I, I don't. I don't want any tea. Thanks. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna head home and get my dinner." And she says, "Oh no, Petcher, come on here. We, we, we've done your bedroom for you. Why don't you come over? Why don't you come over and see her?" I was like, "Bed? Bedroom? What are you talking about?" And she was like, "And she was like, no, sure. Like we've done your room here. Come on, come on with me." And I was like, "Stop, stop. Don't do that. Don't do that." And she's like, "Ah, I'm only winding you up." And I locked the door and let me out, man. Oh, like even when you were telling me that, I was like, "Oh my." I was like, oh my day, did he get locked in there? And I was like, what are you about to tell me? Yeah, I started to panic. <laughs> I was like, I was like Shutter Island. 
And uh, it's funny because I told the, um, the the Alzheimer's Society for me the next day, and they were, how was your first day? And I told her what happened, and she was like, she shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and I was like, look, no, like it was it was funny, but it gave me nightmares. But um, but see 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 spending time with those people in those vulnerable circumstances and kind of seeing what was going on in their life, it just was an absolute game changer. It really opened my eyes up to what I had, the whole kind of thing of like gratitude. And I started realizing that when I woke up in the morning when I was feeling depressed before, I was just like, I can't do this. You know, I've got a job that's crap and blah, blah. And my house and my car is no good. And look in the mirror and I'm bald. And I started, <laughs> I started like having this... <laughs> I started having this, this almost this gratitude. I woke up and I'm like, I have my own bed. I can leave this bed whenever I want. I have friends that I can call it's before COVID. Do you know? And, and and do you know something really blew my mind? And this is this is this is probably trivial, but I was like, I can go anywhere I want. I can do anything I want. I can wear whatever I want. And you're probably like, I would you choose that if you can wear whatever you want? <laughs> but, uh, but it's like, you know, the, you know, the, like, do you know the freedom that we have in our lives? Like we are, we are blessed. And I am, uh, I, I love camping and going hiking. And when I come home from like camping in the mornings for a couple of days, you see being able to turn on hot water, you see being able just to crack a cooker on, to see being able just to have like, you know, eggs in the fridge. It's just like, oh, you just realize how, you know, how, how good things are. <laughs> It's, it's it's unbelievable um and i might am i might take too long to tell to tell the story by the way oh, I'm I'm uh, it's only taken us an hour and 25 minutes to this point <laughs> <laughs> so what's what hey what's another hour man? yeah <laughs> i promise if you come to if you, if, you, if i come to your workplace or you come to one of my uh, you come to one of my workshops it's going to be much more succinct and much more well practiced than this <laughs> Steve told me before I could talk as long as I wanted. Um, yeah, we want people to get to know you, bring out the true party, you know. Hundred percent. Maybe I should have kept it short and sweet. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I began to began to do stuff like that. I was doing the counselling, and then the kind of the thing that really kind of like that really kind of kind of pushed me in the right direction was um, I find the uh, meditation centre in Belfast. It was, I don't know if you've ever been to, have you ever been to meditation classes before or anything like that? Never, never. Highly recommend it. Um, really, really highly recommend it. And I started going to one in Belfast. It's just, just the, just the, uh, just the Ormo, just opposite the Ormo Park. And I did a, I did a five day silent retreat with them in, um, in uh, what you say? I'm so excited for this story. Um, I'd, I don't wanna I don't wanna be like one of those people that's just like, you know, totally bro, like blew my mind. But it it honestly it I feel like it hit a reset button within me and all of the frustration and sadness and fear like when I, when I was talking about that that eagle perspective, I felt like I just whoa, zoomed way, way up and was able to view everything that was going on in my life. And it's kind of weird because we we started off and it was like the first day was fully talking with lots of meditation. The second day, the first half was talking. The second half was silent. The third day was fully silent. And then it kind of worked like that in the reverse order. Like when you say silent, do you mean like 
not a thing like if, if you needed something did you like write it down or did you like show something like so what what you say say, say you need a ball roll and it was an emergency like what do you do run and go then it was in the it was in it's called the the lorne estate it's down it's actually close to it's close to helen's bay where we swim um and it's a it's a girl it's a girl guide it's like a it's like this massive victorian mansion um and they use it for girl guides so it's all like uh do you know like um so it's all like beds and there's a kitchen and there's conference rooms and so everything we needed was there is what i'm trying to say the it was like a full vegan it's full like a full vegan like um you know uh like food so like yeah. three yeah. a day and then there was there were snacks and stuff throughout the day and what the what the the buddhist nun cheetah uh cheetah she basically said was is that um she was like don't don't look at each other don't hold doors for each other don't signal don't be like You know, she was like, "Don't, don't do any of that stuff." She says, "This is, this is pure reflection for you. So let all that go." And, and one of the things I've noticed, you find I, that find it, I find it so hard and then so liberating the second that it kind of like it moved over because I feel like it's so much for day to day lives. And it's funny when you speak to like, when you speak to like Americans and you speak to sort of like like you know people from different countries, they say that kind of like the Northern Irish, we kind of get lumped in with a you know the British a little bit, but the United Kingdom, um, we're 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 overly polite. You know, like you both reach for a loaf in Tesco, and you're like, "Oh, sorry, love, we're oh, here. Sorry, 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 here." We get so wrapped up in holding stuff, and you know, we're almost kind of like too we're too polite. And when you're whenever you get rid of that, when you're stopping worrying about other people and doing all these sort of things, it actually starts. You really turn that perspective like back in yourself. And you start to almost when there's no distractions, you begin to hear your mind. And what I noticed, and this is this is one of the things that people people find people find meditation a wee bit intense and a bit full on, is that whenever you stop and sit down, um, you start to almost be confronted with a lot of the a lot of the stuff that's there. And I could hear and listen to my mind talking. And there's um I was listening to um there's a good podcast that's called um the Tim Ferriss show. Uh, for our work week, didn't he? Tim Ferriss is great. Um and he had a he had a clinical psychologist on and he says that basically by the time that you're age five, the voice the voice that you have inside your head, it develops based on the environment that you've had around you. So if your mum was always shouting at you, don't do that, get out of this, what are you playing? Your dad's aggressive. Shit. Oh, what did you break that for? Sure, you're useless, and you, you can never do anything. Are you going to school? Your your caregivers and your parents and your authority figures in your life. The time you're age five, all their voices turn into the voice that you have inside your head. And whenever I was con- whenever I was doing the when I was in the silent retreat for the first time, I was, con- I was confronted and I could hear that voice really clearly. It was saying, "Oh." don't don't sit there they're going to think that you're you know they're going to think that you're that you don't like them if you sit there or if you do x y and z blah blah and if you wear that shirt they're going to think and i realized it was just like a bombardment of negativity and all this kind of stuff going on and for the first time i said stop i don't i i don't want these thoughts i don't want this kind of going through my head and when i was able to almost to silence that voice in my mind it just 
it started just to go quiet. And what I noticed was was that when I was doing the meditation, <laughs> the meditations were long, were long, long, long. Like maybe we sat there for like an hour and a half, and then maybe sat there for an hour and a half. Would maybe then pause for five minutes, go to the toilet, whatever, come back. Would start to do kind of like you know like singing or chanting or like ringing a bell or whatever, and then we'd come back in and do another forty-five minutes stint. And I find that I was starting to go into these places in my mind where I was just like seeing colors and I felt like I was going down like a river and was starting to have these really like almost like out of body experiences. But then what happened after a while was it just, I started to have this quiet. And then what I noticed was I started, when I wanted to think, my mind was like, I'm here. And I was like, what am I going to do about my relationship? Well, you've been dealing with it this way and she wants this so that if you wanted to do this, this is the way that you can move. And I was like, that's, that's, that's right. That's, that feels, that feels perfect. And I was like, what's happened in my job? And the voice in my head was like, you don't enjoy that job. You, you do that job because you want people to respect you. You do that job because you're worried that you wouldn't be able to go and do something by yourself. You're worried that you're not smart enough. So you have to work for someone else. And I just started like, I just started having all these realizations. I started almost like, and there's lots of words for it. They say like, you know, understanding your authentic self or, you know, whatever. And I just had this, this clarity. And so when I left the retreat, I know I want to tell you a story about the retreat, sorry, but it's a practice I do now every morning. And what I do is every morning I sit down, I do, I do types, I different, do different types of breathing just to sort of like really wake up my, wake up my nervous system. Yeah. I'll start to get a cold water in my face or go for like a sea swim. And then I'll sit down and I'll do like a 20 minute, you know, 15, however long I've got time for a 15, 20 minute meditation. I'll do it guided. I'll listen to headspace or I'll just focus on something. And, and maybe whenever we're wrapping up, I could do a quick one just to kind of give you an example of what it was. Um, so what I started noticing was people around me started like like waking up and started to have like similar experiences. So this guy, he was a Romanian fella, and uh, he'd been living here. And he'd been he's, we started we, we were we were sort of like sharing a room, and he'd been telling me like he was like you know my my girlfriend's an absolute you know she's like an absolute B and she cheated on me and I'll never forgive her and blah 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 and. You know, like he was full of drama. He was like drama, 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 drama. And it got to the point, do you know when someone's just so full of drama that you're a bit like, oh, you know, okay, mate, you know, I've, 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 heard, I've heard enough. He's walking around like a microphone and I could hear him, you know, over by the tea machine. And I could, so I was sitting there and all I could hear was, yes. And then she had this guy on Twitter and he was just telling everyone a story. And do you know, like, you know, those people in your lives and they want to, they constantly want to sort of tell everyone their story and kind of what was going wrong. and you know and right? i guess they do man but i it can't be a place of happiness it, it feels a lot like it feels a lot like suffering and they almost feel like they're they're working through it in some way by talking about it all the time to people but really i feel like unless you're sitting with somebody who's going to challenge you on what it is that's kind of going on you're just i don't know you're just living in that you're just living in that torture and we were sitting side by side and we sort of we had our hands sort of hands kind of cupped like this with our kind of our thumbs and our knees and just kind of our 
our kind of our, our eyes closed and kind of our heads slightly down. And I could hear I could hear him going like <laughs> he was starting to like he's starting to like cry and sob. And I sort of like looked and I was just like, right, okay. And I went back to my meditation. I was focused on my breath. In breath, I breath. And I could hear him crying, crying, crying. And then I looked and I noticed that snot was starting to like come out of his nose. And I and I and I and I put my hand over his shoulder and I was like, I said, are you are you okay? Like are you all right? And he just completely blanked me. <laughs> and I said, I said, bro, are you are you all right? Like what, what's happening? Nothing. <laughs> crying. And I was like, right. So I got up and he starting to he was starting to like make a little pull of snot. The snot was almost like dangling down into his hand. So I got some tissues. And I said, here, here, bro, here's a tissue. I didn't want to wipe his nose like a child, but I was like, I said, here's a tissue, bro. And nothing. So I put the tissue in his hand. And his hand just didn't, it didn't like clinch to receive the tissue. It just stayed loose. <laughs> and he just cried. And I was like, what is going on? And I thought, right, you know what? He doesn't want me to speak to him. He seems okay. I'm going to, I'm going to leave him be. And then he just c continued to cry and cry and sob and sob and snot and stop. And then the meditation, finished, it, it, it was, it was on for like, it was on for like an hour and a half. And then at the end of it everyone left and he was still sitting there and i was like oh my god like this this guy's he's been broken he's gone into like some reality in his mind or something something weird has happened and then he kind of goes <gasps> he lifts a tissue and he starts wiping his face and so like three of us were like looking at him like waiting to like waiting to hear what he said and he was like I've been doing it all wrong. And we were like, doing what wrong? Like, what, what happened? And he was like, I've been living my life in fear. Fear of what other people will do. Fear of what other people might say. He was like, I've been behaved terribly towards that girl. I pushed her away. And he's like, I'm not going to be like that anymore. And I was like, okay, man. Like, yeah, like, Cool sounds like sounds good. Like, are you okay? And he's like, Patrick, I've never felt better. And he just stood up and he's like, I'm gonna go do some journaling. And then so he went and journaled. And then the next day I seen him and he was just like a different guy. He looked relaxed, smiling. What do you say? Full of beans, buzzing. He was full of he was full of something, he's full of the Lord. Like <laughs> he was just he just seemed like a seemed like a different guy and it was a it was a it was a real surreal experience to sort of see him go through that transformation. So I must admit my meditation since haven't been as as weird and wonderful, but I find that I find a bit like the antidepressants. It gives me that it doesn't necessarily bring me into the happiness and, and it sometimes it can. Like sometimes I begin to visualize my family and visualize like what's good and stuff in my life, but I find a lot of time it just brings me into that nice, nice period of calm. I think so, I, I, sorry to interrupt. Sorry. I, I've only meditated a handful of times, maybe. It's some like <clears throat> my problem is sitting still because yeah. my mind will just bounce around. But that's obviously the purpose of meditation is to slow yeah. your mind and to just level out. So I have I, I started I only started it um like last week really. Um done it a handful of times and what I find from meditation is that like I can feel all like not not like tense, but I just feel like maybe like I'll be like, 
Right, so what about the suits? What about the podcast? Uh, what about the, you know, like, you know, you just have a lot of stuff in your head all the time. And I find from meditation, it just kind of, you're right, it just kind of goes like that. You're not maybe overly happy or like whatever, but you are in a good place. You do feel good. And I just feel relaxed and calm. So like, I think like med- meditation is awesome, but like what your man went through, like, I don't know if I'd be prepared for that. Like, I definitely, like the, the silent retreat, I, I was asking you about it, obviously, like it's, I think it's something I'd love to try, but I'd I'd, I'd I'd highly highly recommend it. I met really really good people, and I discovered so much about myself. And like after I finished that, I realized I realized that my joy, my passion was mental health. I realized that I've always loved helping people. I've always been that person where like <laughs> this is cringy, but say if you're walking down through Belfast and you see like you know, like Japanese tourists or Americans or something like that. <laughs> I'll find myself like walking slowly and looking available. How? <laughs> you know? I'm maybe just like naming streets that I know, you know, oh, just, 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 just down that way. And uh, they're like, hey, uh, do you know where Titanic is? And I'm like, yeah, no worries, man. What do you want to do? You go bottom, bottom of the ocean, the crash? <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why this is why you this is why you're hosting the podcast and I'm just a guest on it. Mean, that's quality. That's quality. <laughs> um, um, and the sense of feeling of good I had afterwards is just like unbelievable. So um when I got into the mental health stuff, it just was so so good. So I started I started working for um I went back to work, started doing a lot better in work, but realized I didn't I didn't want to be there anymore. Was chatting to my manager, was just like, look um that i appreciate all the support that he's given me i've realized that this isn't where this isn't where i want to be isn't where i need to be i don't think it's good for me i don't think it's good for the business me being here so can you just help me transition and find and and that's something i would say especially like you know especially like the men and stuff that was listening see when you have an honest communication an honest conversation about your mental health whether to like a manager or whether to a partner and you just you just say you just say where you are and you kind of just say what's on your mind. I find that people respect you for it. I find that there's this kind of stigma where, you know, if you're just like, oh, I'm feeling, uh, feeling stressed or I'm, I've had, you know, I've had thoughts of suicide or I'm feeling depressed, you think that people are almost going to like hit a big red button and a cage is going to fall over you? It's like men aren't allowed to be emotional, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, man. The breadwinner and like that like that is good to a degree yes to, to be like that to be an alpha if like in some regards but when it comes to your mental health you can't be like well i suppose it might work for some people just be like no i'm just gonna get through this like i'm, I'm just i'm like you know like just kind of like will it away but i reckon that's a very small percentage i would work for very small i think that's like bottling and i know for me like for instance like maybe when i used to drink and stuff in the past and i maybe like you know i think drink's the only kind of drug that that actually makes you more violent anyway. But I find that I would just feel angry, you know, when I'm starting to feel drunk. And I feel that looking now that it was all the repression, all that I think I was bottling down. And then as soon as I was almost had my guard down, it was coming out. So I think for some people, you know, maybe not talking about things gets them through, but I feel it's almost like, um, I feel like come, it comes out in some other some other way. And and I think that a lot of, a lot of the stigma is people think that, you know, if they if I tell if I tell my rugby coach I'm depressed, 
he's not going to want me to be the captain of the team because he's worried that I'm going to let everyone down before like a big event. Or yeah, I remember even, I remember I was, uh, I was applying for, I was trying to get into the PSNI years ago. And uh, I remember someone saying to me, Oh, you've, have you taken antidepressants in the past? Because if you've ever had a history of, you know, of mental illness, you know, they'll, they'll not want you to work there. And it's absolute nonsense. Like absolute nonsense. But this is crazy. Or one thing, one thing I've heard people say is like, do you know, do you know, like when people separate and they maybe have to go to go to court for visitation of their children or to get custody or something like that, they're worried that maybe, you know, the other side might use that against them or they might see that as a weakness. But, to be honest the opposite is almost true if you have a problem and you go and do something about it you show that actually that you can take action that you can take steps to improve your physical health your mental health it doesn't show that you're weak it shows that you're strong and you're proactive you know and if anything that would make you a better coach a better policeman yeah, a better yeah. fighter you know yeah for sure yeah. So it's like you're you're like aware enough to know that you have a problem and you're willing yeah. to address it and yeah. in, in a way go public because you can go speak to someone or whatever it is, like speaking to you, coming to one of your programs, whatever it is. So it's like, yeah. it's, 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 there should be no stigma of, I know there is, but there should be no stigma of like, oh, I can't talk about this because what if, you know, what if they, uh, what if they say this, what if they say that? And like, in, like in school, when I was doing rugby, all through school, Stevie said like, like, did you ever play rugby? I actually, um, we haven't talked about it. In, I don't think we talked about it in a while. But actually, you had me down to the um, to the one antrim for a couple of weeks. I remember that. Yes, I'd, I'd come down for a couple of weeks, and I actually, I really, I, I, I think I was only, I must have only been about, it must have been two thousand and one, because I must have only been like twenty one or something. But I remember getting way in my head about it. I kept fumbling the ball. I kept dropping it, and a couple of guys were like, "Oh God," you know, kind of, and I yeah. just. And I was just so I was just so paranoid, man, that I was like letting the team down and messing up and stuff. And I just I just couldn't let myself go back to it, like which was a shame because I did enjoy it. Yeah, like rugby, like like I don't regret playing rugby, but I would never do it again because what? like what, what I was gonna say was like see the injuries you get from rugby, like see see like every week you like so we were in school, so like we're like so I started playing rugby from first year high school, so like from eleven years old. And I done it right up the upper six, and then in Antrim Rugby Club after. So yeah. I done it for like over ten years. See, like every week, like you would just feel like a niggle or something, and you're like 13, 14, and you're thinking like, oh, have I done something? Have I yeah. done something? Like my arm, like, like I remember, I remember one week, like my elbow. I don't know what my elbow was giving me grief. Like I, like every time I like straightened it, it was so sore, and like. I was lucky I was right-handed because it was my left elbow, remember? Like, if I held something in my left arm, it would just give in. There was no, like, there was just, like, no no strength in it. Yeah. I remember going to my rugby coach on, like, the Thursday and be like, look, sir, like, I don't know what's going on with my elbow, but, like, like I don't know if I should play because I don't know what I've done. They're like, your elbow. <laughs> you can still roll them down the pitch. And you're like, and like, but then you buy into that and you go, yeah, you what? do. What am I complaining for? It's just an elbow. I've got another one in the arm. You know what I mean? Like whatever. But like yeah. that, like whole machismo. Like it can, it can grain, ingrain deep down inside yeah. you when you're like mental health. Oh fuck, I'm mental health. I'm yeah. Give me a beer and I'll be sweet. You know what I mean, so yeah. it's like there is that problem for sure, 100. percent Yeah, totally. And it's and it's funny because, and it's because and because it's mental health. Like say for example, say your leg. And I, I know this is a wee bit of a cliche when it comes to mental health, but if your leg was broken 
you know, you wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't be like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll just, I'll just lean more heavily on the other one, or you know, I'll be all right. But as I said, like you would go and you would go and see someone about it. You would do, you would at least tell someone about it. And for some reason, with mental health, because it's been stigmatized, and but somehow that it's been, I don't even know how it's ended up in the position that it is. You know, where where all of a sudden men, you know, men don't get stressed, don't get anxious, don't get scared, don't get sad, don't get vulnerable. You know, we feel like we can't talk about these robots. things. What do you say? We're just robots. Robots, yeah. Just fear, drinking, bench pressing robots. But um, so anyway, I, I realized that I realized that mental health was something that was some, something that I was so passionate about and had helped me so much. And I seen that I seen the benefit. And whenever I was helping people, it was just making me feel so good and so good inside. And I was a manager towards the end, and a couple of staff come up to me and they said, like, to see you just see you just listening to me, see you just making the space. To allow me just to talk has just made me feel so much better. And see, when you're a manager and you listen to the, the the problems that people have, and you hear the things that kind of go on in people's lives, you realize that everyone is in the same boat. That everyone's struggling with something. Like, I had a girl. She came in and she's a bit off, and her performance was bad. And my senior manager was like, "Look, go and you tell her that if she doesn't get on the phones X, Y, and Z, you know, she's gonna we're gonna give her a warning." And she. And I said, like, what's going on? And she was like, like, you don't even want to know. And um, I said, no, look, you know, um, like I'm your manager. I want to help you. You know, if something if something's concerning you, like I'm happy to how to talk about it. And she was like, um, well, actually, I was out on Saturday night in Belfast, and I got a taxi home, and I woke up somewhere, and the taxi driver had assaulted me, and I was just like, wow, and. And before that, you know, my my manager was just like, you know, whatever it is, they need to wise themselves up next to said, And I was able to, obviously, there wasn't a lot I could say to her that was going to make that better. But what I did say to her, I said, look, if you need any time off work to go and speak to someone, I'm going to give you some numbers here today of someone that you can speak to. You know, I don't know too much about, well, I know more now, but at that time I didn't know much about the services. I was like, like here's the number from Women's Aid. You know, what do you want to leave? Go see your GP. Do you know, do you want to, you know, we have this program and work or we can get counseling. I'll give you time off. And to see just creating that space for someone and allowing that for them, it was almost selfish how, how good it made me feel to be able to do that. And I thought, do you know what? The first opportunity I get, I'm going to make a career out of this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find a way to kind of, find a way to get this out. <laughs> Um, like without obviously going too deep into it, was the girl okay? Did she manage to like get through that issue? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I managed her for a while after that, and 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 you know what? And, and it's messed up. Problems represent themselves in so many ways because her boyfriend then she had a boyfriend, and her boyfriend then was treating her differently. Let's just say because of because of what happened, he yeah. was feeling a wee bit insecure about it. And kind of what was going on and maybe accusing her of you know and somehow like you know creating that situation and stuff and i think i put a lot of stress in her relationship and so i think i think definitely going um i think definitely going and kind of getting counseling and making that speaking to someone i could see the difference in her almost see after her first session and i always i and i love it <laughs> i don't love it that people go to counseling but i love it when people go and i speak to them they're they're looking to help so they're looking to get better right looking to get better 
And whenever they have that first session, they're always just like, oh. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. it, it, it's a wonder. It's like when it's like when I take people to see someone for the first time. Um, uh, so, well, two, two seconds. I'm just going to run to the toilet very quickly. I know it's not very professional, but I want to be fully aware in this conversation. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go as well, actually. If anyone's watching, really, really sorry. Be two minutes. <laughs> it's a man problem. Sorry, everyone. Just you know, an hour and fifty-two minutes. It's kind of hard to hold in. Oh, time, and I've just sat back down as well. Great. Um, so, yeah. So you, you were saying, like, when people come for the first session, like the weight is lifted off their shoulders. It's just it must like it's all it's, it's awesome for them, but like you said, it must feel great for you too because then you're seeing like the change in that person being like they're like they're on their way to to feel better i don't do i don't do one to something i was quite clear on from the start was i didn't want to do one-to-one -one counseling um i do i do group work so i do workplaces i do primary schools i do like clubs and societies like yeah. um i've been lucky um i've got i'm doing the hmrc tomorrow actually um i've got a um i've got a job with them so um, and what did I do last week? I did uh, East Belfast Football Club. Um, it was part of the, the East Belfast uh, community development. And I find that see, whenever you get together as a group, and, it, and it's, it's obviously it's difficult to start to kind of break down those barriers because nobody sort of wants to say too much. But when we start to get into it and we start to discuss and people actually start to work together, see the dynamic of like of group work is amazing. It's so, so good. People... People I feel feel much more normalized than a lot of their a lot of their feelings whenever they can kind of like talk together as a you know talk together in kind of group setting. So I um, so basically I run I run kind of two I run, I run a couple of different programs, but um, one of the ones that I do with the workplaces is that it's basically broken into like four areas. So um, I do over I do um, uh, I do four ninety minute sessions with them. Um, the first one's all about tuning in, so it's about, like I said, kind of having that, like having that almost that perspective of self, starting to hear, you know, starting to hear those thoughts, starting to, you know, starting to almost like notice the the feelings, kind of, kind of like emotions that you're having, um, interjecting kind of like what is mental health? Because a lot of people come to it and they don't really have, you know, they maybe don't suffer from stress or anxiety, or they maybe, you know, haven't really spoke haven't really looked into mental health before so it's a good sort of like introduction session kind of in the kind of what it is um 
and we kind of uh, you know we we get into we get into some of those. I teach I teach some tools in order to you know manage some of the negative thoughts, and then week by week I kind of go into it. We look at and week number two we look at uh, like mastering the mind. So we get into kind of a little bit of the neuroscience. We look at like how you know the the limbic system. Uh, you know the amygdala is responsible you know for like automatic you know fight or flight responses that you know whenever we're fearful and whenever we're scared you know we work out of this part of our brain but actually whenever we allow ourselves to settle and it's been shown in like ct scans that the blood actually goes to the front of the head which is the prefrontal cortex and actually looks at how you know whenever you whenever you're acting different ways you're actually using different parts of your brain and have you heard of uh, neuroplasticity? I have an understanding of it wouldn't be as much as yours, but it's, it's sort of kind of in layman's terms, it's like kind of strengthening like neural pathways in your brain or create new habits or something along those lines, is it? Yes, master. Yeah, 100%. Man. That's exactly it. Paddy, get, get me in. Get me in. <laughs> Honestly, I think I can get you in as like a cool facilitator, and it would be like I don't know. Just you know, like, just, just you know what it is like. So before your session is gonna start, I go in for twenty minutes and just like tap them. <laughs> How are you? How's the weekend? And all get them all bit, get them all a little bit happy, and then when, they, when you come in, they're more receptive and more responsive. Like like a like an MC at the comedy club. You know we had a. Doing a bit of crowd work, so you, so so he's here. How long have we know each other for? He's here together, or here? Uh, haircut. <laughs> Did you look in the mirror when you put them shoes on, mate? They'd <laughs> be feeling worse by the time you come in. Yeah. Um, so we begin this sort of stuff again. The neuroplasticity. Uh, we look at like building positive relationships, and then being able to kind of go in and find calm within ourselves, and finding tools for resource. So being able to tap into like good self-care but that looks like emptying that jug um and honestly man i kind of i've done i've been working for aware and i for a while so i'm a sessional trainer for them um yeah. and, and that was and that was my that was my next job then after the bank and um, they'd uh they'd hired me it were the two hour mark will we will, will we look to kind of wrap this up soon or <laughs> if I ever, if I'm capable of it, um, and, um, <laughs> you know, like someone will just have to message you on Facebook or Instagram or something, get the get the end of the story because I don't even know what. Like, no, we did get to the end though because you, well, because you said that you started doing the counseling and you started doing the CBT and then when you went to the silent retreat and you had that sort of on our yes. sort of then you said that I want to do this as a career. So in in a way, we did get we did yeah get we, we got there eventually. And then I started, um, so basically after the bank, I got a job with Aware and I, and they hired me as one of their sessional trainers. And so from there, I've been going out and doing the work. So it's just been like, I knew, I knew that I could, you know, I knew that I could do it and I had a certain amount of skills, but to see whenever people come up to you afterwards and they're like, honestly, I've been struggling so much with dealing with X and you've taught me to be able to you know, look at my emotions in a different way to be able to manage those strong feelings. Because before, when I was annoyed, I would have just, you know, whatever, punched the wall, would have gone like, you know, smoked that or drunk that or, you know, or, or you know, opened the big tub of Ben and Jerry's, you know, like, yeah. 
Stephen able to like Stephen able to show someone uh you know show no one and this is and this is what the and uh, I I've, I've unwittingly brought myself full circle. This is what this is what the business is, and this is why I've called it new ways because it's new ways of thinking, it's new ways of feeling, it's new ways of behaving that you don't have to go down those same paths you've gone down before. There's ways that you can feel happier. You know, I had quite an extreme circumstance where I had to, you know, leave an entire job and, you know, kind of move careers and stuff to kind of feel happier. But, you know, there's things that you can do kind of in your, you know, kind of in your current life that can, you know, make small changes that can that can make you feel a bit better a lot. Yeah. Can I, I want to ask sort of what you think, like everything's going on not being able to socialize, go out, do your maybe the gym or go to work and see your like see your friends that you know and work whatever whatever whatever. Because um, I was on the NHS website and they have like uh, I, now obviously this is probably pre-COVID that they put this up. Um, they said that the five ways to look after your mental health or to like yeah. like to, to your mental well-being is like connect with other people. Yeah. Uh, uh, give to others. Yeah. Um, be physically active. Yeah. Uh, learn a new skill. And yeah. what was the other one? Be, be present. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, they present. call it. So, so, like, what I was going to say was like, with everything that's going on, a lot of those, a lot of those opportunities, they can't be done. So yeah. we've hit, we've heard all these reports and comments about people's uh, mental well-being deteriorating because yeah. of the situation we're in. And I know, obviously, like, no, like, no one knows what. Everyone's, everyone's a, a flipping armchair quarterback saying we should do this, 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 and that. None of us are doctors. The doctors are the doctors, right? So, yeah. yes, I'd love the gyms to be open. Um, yes, most likely everyone under the age of 50 to 60 is going to survive. But we're not in charge, so I can't open a gym. But, like, what I was going to say was from, like, everything that's going on, do you maybe see mental well-being being even more important towards the end of this year, towards summer? And a second part of that being, is there anything that you could recommend to anyone that's listening or watching? Is there something you can do daily, weekly, takes five, ten minutes? Is there anything that you can identify to be like, right, I'm going to do, like, so, so, like for example, meditation, whatever it is. Um, is there anything you can recommend to people to, to do? Yeah, for, for sure, man. Um, and just to kind of, just answer your question, I think that people's mental health is definitely going to, it's definitely going to exacerbate with what's going on. You know, they can't, they can't see their loved ones. They're maybe fearful. You know, they become very aware of death. They're where their parents are going to die. They're where their grandparents are going to die. You know, the things that maybe made them laugh, going for a pint with your mates, going to a comedy club, going out for a dinner, going to the gym, um, you know, playing a game of five-a-side, kickabout, you know, all these sort of things that we were doing before have all shut down. But there's pros and there's cons to it because one thing that I've noticed is people are definitely more under pressure. People are struggling in a lot of degrees. But what I've actually noticed is, is that um, people are starting to realise actually how fast-paced and how manic our life was People were traveling two hours a day, an hour a day to get to a job. They were going and doing all these, doing all these things. And now all of a sudden they're being almost like, well, you know, actually appreciating the house. People are, people are now starting to decorate their houses more than they've ever done. People are starting to walk and be out in nature. Mate, have you seen how popular the forests are these days? <laughs> I, don't know, 
time I've been out for a hike or been to Helen's Bay, it's been a cattle market. Like it's yeah. And I'm so buzzing for people doing it because it's a natural high. But when I go to Helen's Bay, I don't want anyone to be there because I'm struggling yeah. the whole like it. Um, uh, but yeah, like it's uh, like even even like when you say pros and cons, you obviously whatever way your year went last year, you've come you've come into 2021 starting a new business. You know, would you have been in the position you're in now if COVID never started? I wouldn't have started this podcast if COVID never happened. I'd have been like just fully into the suits, like nah, blah 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 blah, whatever. Like, so like so so like I started the podcast. I started learning Spanish, got out hiking, got out sea swimming. Like so, I just like I think. Well, this is like this is coming from me. Everyone's different. I I think for people that are maybe struggling or or those that are always like, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. Yeah, yeah. I understand you're bored, but it's, it gets annoying hearing everyone say, I'm bored, there's nothing yeah. to do. Yeah. There's not nothing to do. There is things to do. <laughs> We're just very limited. We went from having 500 things to do to maybe having five, yeah. you know? And it's like yeah. learning a new skill. Like, yeah. it doesn't, like, you don't have to go out and teach yourself how to be a mechanic or a yeah. rocket scientist. Sorry, man. <laughs> um, like, learn a language. There's free apps. Uh, start running. Um, learn how to like. What What's your favorite thing to eat? Learn how to cook. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think I think like the energy that's used on social media in a negative way could be put into a much more positive direction. You know, sure. and, that, and that's what I have found with people. And it's, it's this is why I would never make it as a counselor because I get really tired of listening to people that just constantly <laughs> complain. You know, and it's like, but but I feel like. Like the people that like you're on a Ferris wheel of just negativity, yeah. and it's like, yo, are you just gonna like, are you are you waiting for the government to tell you to be happy, or are you just gonna make yourself happy yeah. or as happy as you can be right now? You're like, yeah. you know, like it's just that, that's just me. <laughs> no, but, but you're, you're you're spot on, and I think the five they call it the five ways the well being, and your you, your got your question is well, how do we do you know how do we do those five ways? We'll connect. Um, I've got a wee elderly friend called Edna. Shout out Edna, ninety three years old, lives in Randallstown. Edna. Edna. Um, and I've actually been I've actually been speaking to Edna more now than I have been because I can pick up the phone and I can talk to her. Um, I've been um, I've been really well, I'm in quite a fortunate situation. I've been um, you know we've been isolating here with my you know, with my with my partner. We've been seeing each other. <clears throat> you know we've seen each other for you know for a year and. We're in a really lovely, we're in a really lovely point in our relationship, and so for me, it's been a blessing that we've been able to, we've been able to actually spend a little time together, work on things, help each other with our businesses. You know, it's been something that's been, it's been quite so. Not everyone in that situation, but there are ways to connect. Like for example, whenever the first lockdown came in, um, I used to live in Glasgow, and every single Sunday, I had a quiz with all my mates from Glasgow. I've seen them three times, uh, three times a year, twice a year. And I seen them every Sunday for like six weeks. Zoom was the thing to do, wasn't it, at the start of lockdown? But it was good because when you've got friends on different sides of the earth, or you can't see them, it's good. Like a, like a phone call is good, but looking at someone, looking at someone's face and looking at their yeah. reaction, it's more interpersonal. It feels sure. like more of a like. Obviously, this is through your screen, but it feels like more of a conversation than if I was just on the phone to you. Because if I was just on the phone to you, I'd be looking up at the ceiling, going like, "Oh, that like, no, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like you feel like you have to be more present, which yeah. is good. Like, it's good yeah. to be more present. It's good. And then just the other ones you mentioned, the uh, keep active. 
you know, we, we have we have such an opportunity now, you know, some of us are furloughed, maybe working from home, we have more opportunity to kind of do, do that. Um, you know, uh, keep learning. Uh, you learn Spanish, mate, that's class. I've been learning, um, I've been learning German. What do you say there? I said C. <laughs> Uh, you, you've been learning German, very nice. In German, so I got I got myself an audiobook and I've been doing Duolingo. Um, I, I never would have I never would have had a chance to do that before. Um, and then take notices like I've had so much time now to do my to do my meditation, and then give. I think what's well, been I've been given through my I've been given through my um, through my new ways things like that you know through my time, but. Like I think there's always there's always ways that you can do these things. I think that I heard there's a really good quote. There's a guy called John Wooden, and he used to be one of these um, you know UCLA basketball uh, coaches. Yeah, uh, he's, he's got amazing, amazing coaches. His name's John Wooden, and he says that things turn out best for people who make the best of how things turn out. Things turn out best for people who make the best of how things turn out. Yeah. Yeah, see, you like that's a great quote. That that quote kind of just reminds me of Bruce Lee and water again. It's like adapt to your situation, be yeah. flexible to what's yeah. going on, and like yeah. like like I feel just as sick as anyone else. But yeah, yeah, it's not going to get me anywhere. So like you have to then make a, an effort to think positively and yeah. be like, well, what am I going to do? It's like. When I was on the first episode of the podcast, do you know like, what was going on in my head? I was like, what am I doing? Like, why? I was like, who's going to listen to me? Like, no, like, no one wants to listen to me. Like, who cares? But then I was like, like, just do it. Like, why not? Like, well, fuck it. Yeah. And, like, 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 I'm only on episode seven now, but like, I've had great conversations with people. Yeah. Like, and everyone that I've had on, I know. So it's like, in a way, it's kind of yeah. been like a catch up too. Yeah, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm, forcing other, I'm forcing other people to listen to me catch up with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the dream like you know if you watch joe rogan joe rogan his mates, talks about ufc talks about hunting and then gets all these weird and wonderful scientists in and you know earns like whatever a million dollars an episode or something from it like you know it's like you know you have to you have to find ways of working with situations and i'm and i'll never i would never look them and nose at anyone and say that oh blah, 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 just pull yourself up but what i would say is that if you are not happy with how your life is going, if you know if you're struggling from day to day, if you're feeling like you know it's a it's an absolute you know grind getting through your life, is that there are ways in which you can feel better, and there are easier there there are easy things you can do, and there are things that take discipline and take routine, and will be better. And you sort of almost have to. Um, my cousin's in the arm, and he says, embrace the suck. Sometimes you sort of have to embrace a suck, and I love um, I love uh, do you know Jocko Wellink? Yeah. <laughs> Jocko Wellink's like you know, he's he's a bit extreme, and I, and I, I think I think it's unrelatable for a lot of people, but he's sort of almost like he talks about this principle of putting yourself through voluntary suffering, so that whenever you have involuntary suffering, you'll be able to sort of almost to to kind of to, to bear these you know these pains a little bit more. And it's like it's like you've been there before, almost right sure and I, and I and we've, we've mentioned the season one a couple of times like for me you know it's like when you start off your day with uh you know with a some exercise a 20 minute 20 minute meditation and a 10 minute swimming you know and the, the irish sea it's like when someone like pulls in front of you and gives you the finger you're kind of like you're like yes, <laughs> peace be with you brother yeah yeah <laughs> 
nothing but love, brother. You know, as yeah. I. When did you uh, when did you start the sea swimming? Um, so it was my uh, it was my partner who got me into it. Um, she lives um, she lives up here in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, not Hollywood, um, uh, America. Hollywood, Northern Ireland. For those not, yeah, or not LA. Um, no, um, and and County Down, and um, and since then I kind of got into it. And honestly, it was it was gnarly at the start trying to get in. <laughs> It's that it's that moment. I don't want to go into too much detail, but it's whenever the water reaches a certain level as you're walking in, and you <laughs> and you're just like you're questioning your life choices. You're like, what brought me to this moment? There's, yeah. trying, to be, there's trying to be easier ways. Yeah. Get, but like, oh, I honestly I love it now, and I feel so badass whenever I get out. Do you know what I love? My favorite thing is when I love someone's walking their dog. They're wearing a North Face jacket, a scarf, a hat, gloves. And I'm strutting down wearing a wee red, you know, Baywatch uh, swimming hat. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like when you like when you say about like embracing the suck, like it sucks getting in that water. Like it is, it is like you're not in your head going later, love it. You are going why? Like it is so cold. Like it is, and like I don't, I done it two weeks ago. The last time I done it was two weeks ago, I think. And it is not warm at the minute. It is. No, it's, it's, it is, it's soul destroying getting in. It really is, but it's like, it's like, well, what I said, it's like, what are you, what are you made of? What am I made of? Like, am I just, am I gonna just out of the water here because like it's cold? Like, just get in it, and then once yeah. you're in and you control your breathing, within yeah. within like twenty seconds, you're like, love it, love yeah. it. Yeah, get the heat come inside. Like, it's, it's magic. Like, it's I, I only started doing it like the last summer. Um, but I've always like loved jumping in the sea and like if I'm on holiday, I'm always straight into the water. So I, I, I like the idea of it. And I've never been good with the cold. I'm always like, get the heating on, get get it warm. Like like <clears throat> when I was on holiday in like Thailand and, and the, uh, wherever else it was, um, like the, the hotter the better for me. I wasn't. And I was, with, I was with a mate from here and he was obviously in the room cooking. And I was I was strutting about in the wee shorts and all with the, the coconut <laughs> with the coconut oil all over me and all being like, get me bronze, I am buzzing. Um, like it's helped me deal with the cold a lot more. I feel anyway, like it's definitely helped made me better with the cold. I, I find that as well. Like and I find and it's amazing, like the neuroplasticity, your body is so adaptable. Like I've noticed now that when I when I got out, so I started in uh, July, August. And when I got out, I was like, like freezing. And then I've been doing it all the way through winter, um, having um, in January. And I get out and I'm like, I'm cold. But see, when I get myself warm to jump out a little bit, drink a little tea, I'm just, I'm red as rain. And I just feel absolutely pumped that I've just done that. Do you know? So it, it's amazing how adaptable you are to it as well. Um, like, like you said, there's nothing that can annoy you the rest of the day. It's like you're on a you're on a magic feeling the rest of the day. I um yeah, any any time I've done it, it's felt unreal. And I, I went on a hike to Glenaris Forest. Oh Park. lovely. So never so I'd never been there before. This was this was like autumn time. And I I went in my swim shorts because the some of the guys that had been before were like, There's waterfalls there and I was like, Water, get me. I obviously didn't know what like what it was like, so we got to the first waterfall, and my mate, the one that I get in, was like, "Don't know what on." I was like, "Nine." It's got to the second waterfall. I was like, "I'm getting in." 
I was like, I'm getting into this. I was like, I'm getting into this. We kids don't all run about. I was like, I'm getting into this one. They're like, no, 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 wait for the third one. Mate, see when we got to the third one, we had to like climb across like the rocks, get changed on this like really dingy, dirty, moss covered like rock. Just got my gear off. And you know, like, have you been to Glen Ash? Yeah, yeah. So you know in the third waterfall, there's like there's that little bit of walkway. Yeah. So like you turn around and like the waterfall is behind you. It's like a left from Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone, everyone was like standing there, like to get their photos taken, and then there's me and my mate <laughs> running about and just a pair of shorts yeah. jumping into the water. But mate, yeah, like it, like if like and they were like starting to look at us because like it wasn't a one day. They were like, "Are those lads wise?" And I was just in the water. I was like, "Yeah, lo- yeah. like loving life." And then got back and finished the hike and. Oh, it made it so much better. So, like, I always like to do hikes now where there's a bit of water, and I straight in it, hundred percent. It's it's great. And the first the first kind of cold water plunge I had done, I uh, have you heard of Wim Hof? Oh yeah, big son. Big son. Uh, there's a guy. There's a guy called Scott, and he's got a he's got a, a business called Causeway Living. Okay. And he, I was gonna say he's a descendant of Wim Hof. <laughs> uh, he's one of um he's. He's trained with Wim Hof at the Wim Hof Academy, and he's got a centre now. So he does all like cold water swimming up uh, up at the north coast of um, up the north coast of Ireland, um, and he has um, and he does these these like Wim Hof workshops. And so I went and did all this mad sort of like um, this mad like you know belly breathing and stuff like that. And then got went to the morns and got in then some of the plunge pools there at the bottom of the morns, and it was like unreal. And you see people like walking by, just being like you say like. Are you, these boys wise in the head. <laughs> it's like it's a feeling. It's a feeling like no other. And like if anyone's if anyone's listening and watching and going, nah, I could never do it. Start with cold showers. Have yeah. your warm shower. Feel lethal. Switch yeah. it to cold, or else vice versa. Um, yeah. Just do it for thirty seconds. Like when I when I showered there before we started this, I had my shower and then switch it to cold yeah. and just let it run over you for like thirty seconds yeah. a minute. It's just it just it just pumps you up. You're like, what? Ready to go? Buzzing. I'm, I, I I'm, the mental the mental clarity i, I kind of keep talking about that baseline i just kind of kind of get to that baseline nicely um yeah. do you want me to do um do yeah wanna... so, like, so we'll wrap up the the conversation and now you want to so explain what you're going to do just in case i pass out and people go oh it's, it's all right you only done this too so it's not in your mind um yeah man i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna get inside you look inside my eyes look inside my eyes you're under um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I always wonder how those. Um, I always wonder if those things are real or not. You know, those kind of party hypnotizing. I, I always wonder. Have you have you been hypnotized before? No, maybe I'm still under hypnosis, and I don't know. Ooh, that's deep. <laughs> um, so what I'm going to do um, is I'm going to kind of I'm going to talk through some of the different techniques that you can use for meditation. So I'll start off with um, for me personally or anyone. Well, I'll I'll do it for, I'll do it kind of for you, but it, it's it's kind of for any for anyone. Um, okay. And what I'll do is I'll I'll guide through and I'll talk I'll talk about I'll tell you what you what you need to focus on, what you need to do, um, and then um, and I'll I'll sort of mention kind of what that uh, what that practice is called. Um, but what I would say is is that don't when I'm when I'm when I'm going through it and I'm talking, try not to sort of think too much about oh I must remember this to do X Y and Z. You could always come back to it or you drop me a message or something, and I can uh, I can always run through it with you again, like. But um, so 
the first thing the first thing I think is that's important about meditation, the thing that throws most people off is, is always your posture. So it's the position in which you sit in now. I've been doing it for <laughs> I've been meditating for for some time now. Um I've been doing it for a wee while. So I feel I feel more comfortable. I feel comfortable in a sit-up position, um, but like on the floor. But what I would say is, is do not start with that. Um, how I learned, and for the first kind of like year or so of doing the meditation, it was always on a chair. So I would say meditate sitting on a chair or sitting on your sofa or sitting on the side of your bed. Um, I would say to anyone, do not start meditation from uh, from sitting. Um, probably lying down on your bed or lying on the floor is probably good as well. Um, just maybe... Um, you might find that you might drift off or fall asleep or you might find you're a bit cold lying on the floor. So maybe have a wee blanket or something to kind of put over you is kind of a good, uh, is a good kind of consideration for it. So your, your sitting position. So how I sit is you want to imagine you want to, so if your back's against the chair, you want to bring your back away from the chair so that you're sitting in a nice sort of like 90, you know, like, you know, you're sitting kind of a nice 90 degree sort of your back's in a nice straight sort of uh, position. And imagine your spine like a like a stack of like a stack of pound coins. You want to imagine that your spine, your vertebrae, is all nice and all nice and straight. Um, you have your you have your feet just um, your feet kind of just pressed on the pressed on the ground. Doesn't matter if you're wearing socks or barefoot or in shoes. But I would probably say just to kind of get the most out of it, if you're wearing like shoes or something like, to probably take them off so that you're in your bare feet or your socks because that connection with the ground is something that we're going to use in the meditation so it's good to sort of have like that it's good to kind of have that anchor point um with your hands you can um i sit with my hands just kind of like one hand top the other and i have that resting on my lap um some people like it on their knees like that some people like it kind of on their knees this way some people like to do some finger things you know like i have don't get too fancy with it. Just sort of just sit. The important thing is, is that you're sitting straight. Um, in terms of your head, you do you kind of want your gaze straight, but then just slightly down, not completely down, because then you're you're more likely to, to drift off and fall asleep. Just have your gaze just kind of lowered. Um, I would start off by having your gaze and your stare low. And if you feel comfortable then just kind of going in and closing the eyes um, i'll keep i keep mine closed pretty much kind of the whole way through when i'm doing the meditation because i find it allows me just to kind of just to kind of let go of my environment my external and just kind of come into myself a little bit <clears throat> um and then the first thing that i'll start off by doing is is just taking three nice big deep breaths in through the nose and then out through the mouth and then after those just going into just just gentle nose breathing <clears throat> what i would say is is that you've been breathing all day so don't feel like you need to start to change the breath so just starting now just three big deep breaths so breathing in through the mm -hmm. nose and then really letting it go through the mouth So just allowing yourself just to rest now and your breathing just to come back to normal. And as I say, you don't want to change your breath in any way. You've been breathing all day and you know how to breathe. 
Just allow yourself to get into the gentle rhythm of your breath. And just as you sit here, just have a sense that you're letting whatever needs to relax, just relax and just settle. So starting with the top of the head, this is called a body scan. Imagine that a laser or your attention is moving down through your body. So starting at the top of your head, as you go down, just feeling your forehead and your eyebrows soften. Feeling your cheeks and your jaw. Just release any tension and just to go heavy and loose. Moving down to your shoulders. Any tension that you've been holding there or any tightness in the muscles. Just allowing that just to really let go and just to be heavy and to be loose. Moving down now the arms. Feeling your biceps and your forearms and your wrists and your hands. Just to become really relaxed and really soft. And if they're resting on your lap, just allow your lap just to take the full weight of your hands. As you go down through your chest, just letting your chest and your heart and your stomach just to be soft. And just let whatever tension here just uh, release and to let go. And if you feel your mind wandering or thinking about something, just gently bring it back to the sensation of the body. Now feeling yourself sitting on your chair, letting your legs go loose and heavy, your hamstrings and your calves and your quads, and your ankles and your feet. And notice how the floor fully holds that weight. You can let that go fully heavy, and relaxed. Now I want you to imagine your attention, your mind is a bit like a torch or a spotlight. I want you to shine that spotlight on your feet. Just noticing the sensation of your feet on the floor. And just for a moment here, just allow yourself to be curious and to feel what it feels like to have your feet on the floor. You can give your toes a gentle wiggle. See if you can feel any tingling here or fizziness or aliveness. Not making any judgment, but just seeing if they feel heavy or light. Just allow your attention to stay down in the soles of the feet. Now taking the spotlight of that attention, that torch, shining that up and bringing that now to your body on your chair. And again, just bringing the your attention to 
your body pressed against the chair and notice how I held you are here. How that the chair can just take all of your weight and you can just allow yourself to, to be loose and light. And now bringing that attention up to your chest and not changing the breath in any way but just noticing the movement and the flow of the breath. You can start to label this if you want, or you can begin to count the breaths. But just for a moment, just observe and notice the breath moving in and out of your body. As you breathe in, your stomach expands and fills full of air. As you breathe out, the air leaves your body. Now that you're here and your body's completely relaxed and settled down, just take a second to visualize how your day's been or something good that's maybe has happened in the past couple of days or your week. Something that stood out, that made you feel joyful or made you smile or made you laugh. And just for a moment, just sit with that feeling and it feels comfortable you could even bring a gentle smile to the face or just feel that moment in your body how it made you feel and whenever you feel ready you can just begin to gently open your eyes and start to move the fingers and the feet and just allow your awareness just to come into the room around you Just noticing how your body feels now and bringing that wee bit of a sense of calm with you from your practice. How was that? No, I loved it. It was good. Like, it just, it feels like kind of, kind of feels like something just lifts off you, right? And that's obviously that's obviously a, a part of the reason people do it. Mm. What I what I find I'm so I'm like so like chill like my legs are kind of like half numb and all here like I'm, like I don't even want to speak. Um, what I feel like it kind of like I'm almost like ready for bed. I'm so relaxed. Yeah. So like I just like it's definitely it's definitely something that I think I would benefit from doing a lot more because it just it just kind of you know it's, it's kind of like. The same feeling you get when you just sit on the beach and listen to the waves, you know. Cool. You just kind of just, and I like I like the way you talk through it there because the way you were saying about concentrating on your body, it makes you concentrate on what you're doing as yeah. opposed to letting your mind wander. So yeah. I think that's a very that's a very good like thing to do when you meditate, a hundred percent. What I what I did was there, so just the three breaths. So position three deep breaths, telling yourself almost to let relax whatever needs to relax. And then I do a body scan. So just start from the head. You can do, you can do however you want, you know, breathing in. I feel my forehead breathing out. I relax my forehead. You can do it all the way down. And then I did one called a foth block. So it's called feet on floor, bum on chair. And F-O-F-B-O-C, foth block. Uh, 
and uh, <laughs> and so that's just the process of just feel your feet on the floor, feel your body on the chair, and just just visualize that and imagine that your 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 attention is like a torch and just shine it right down at your feet and then move it up at your body, and then I end a wee a wee visualization and a wee gratitude just at the end. And I find that I like to sit with that sometimes, especially if I'm feeling. If you're feeling, <laughs> I don't know about the good thing or bad thing. It must just mean I'm just super chilled. I'm just, I'm just good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. It's great to do. It's good to do before bed. Um, I I do it in the I do it in the morning, and what I do sometimes is I do like breathing. So I'll do like you know. So I'll do like. 20 long breaths, 20 medium breaths, and like maybe 40 rapid breaths. And I find it kind of, it's meditation, but it also kind of like wakes me up inside a wee bit as well. Um, but it's, uh, it's quite good. But uh, yeah, man, I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, I love the um, if anyone, um, if, if anyone is, uh, if, if anyone's still listening at this point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if anyone enjoyed what, Patty had to say, which I very much did. Mate, I know you were saying you were nervous and all, but like, like how, like how do you feel? Like you feel buzzing? Like, mate, that's two and a half hours. You, really enjoyed it. It's it's easy once you get started, isn't it? Like anything, yeah. it's easy once you get started. Um, yeah. If anyone enjoyed what he said, uh, new ways ni, uh, you'll be seeing a lot of it very soon. Uh, find them on Facebook, Instagram, Patrick McElwee, I'm sure. Uh, get in touch yeah. with them, even if there's anyone struggling, you just want some tips, whatever. Like, get in touch with a big man, I'm sure. I'm sure he'd be kind enough to give you some advice uh, for a cost. Mate, loved it. Honestly, loved it. And uh, we're gonna organize a swim together anyway. So I'll be seeing you. I'll be seeing you real soon. Um, yeah, probably really doing like another, doing another two and a half hour conversation just off camera. Talk about things, to, to talk about all the things we wanted to talk about. No, anything that you'd like to say before we uh, wrap this up? No, uh, just thank you so so much. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really, um, whenever we talked about it and and I approached you and I was said, look, mate, I'd uh, I'd love to come on and talk about the new ways, like. When you actually said yes, it was so validating for me. So I really, I'm really grateful that I'm really grateful that you had me on and that you thought I wouldn't just embarrass myself. So that gave me faith in myself. Um, if anyone is interested in, um, if anyone's interested in uh, getting new ways into their workplace, um, I would. Um, I'm doing a wee, I'm doing a wee promotion at the moment. So um, the wee, I've got a wee fifty pound Amazon gift voucher for grabs. So. If you get me in and um, um, you know get me to deliver a session in your work, um, I'd be delighted to kind of have that through as a wee a wee a wee introducer for you. Um, and I'm sure that your business would be glad of having some support. If you need any um, you know promotional stuff or a wee leaflet or a flyer or something to show your boss to convince them if they're not maybe on board with mental health, they should be. If they're not, give me a shout and I'll I'll give you something. Um, and just for you, see man, just keep doing this here. This is class, like. Thank you. Having, having just people coming on talking about this sort of stuff and um you know talking about and i've listened i'm nearly through all your episodes and the stuff that you're the, the stuff that you're the stuff that you're chatting about is so it's so worthwhile please get jamesy on please get uh, more <laughs> i don't think i i think that'd be like a 24-hour episode because i just, i wouldn't even i wouldn't even speak i would just sit here and be like yeah. 
I'd love to get him on. He'd be unreal. I appreciate it so much, man. Thanks, thanks so much for having on, and thanks so much for having the balls and the courage to to set this up. Anyone like I've told recently, I've saying, "Hang on the podcast," and they're like, "Whose podcast?" And I'm like, "My mate C from Montgomery." And they're like, "What? That's lethal!" Like honestly, all the respect in the world for you for doing this because I just, thank you. So I just, much, I just wouldn't have the guts to do it. Like so, I, I've got so much admiration for you, man. So yeah, re- really appreciate it. Love, love it, bro. Thank you. Like, like, I'm, I'm not anyone special. I just thought maybe I could do it, so I'm doing it and see what happens, you know. And I've got people like you and all the other guests that are willing to come on. You know, that's that's half of it is having people that are willing to come on because listening yeah. to just me talk to myself. Don't think it would last too long. <laughs> it would last too long. Um, but yeah, yeah, mate. Thank, thank you so much for coming on and and sharing your insights about all that stuff because that that stuff, like you said, it's really important. It is really, really important, and not just because of what's going on right now. It's always been important. It's just hmm. we're now more aware that it's how, yeah. how important it is. Because if you don't got it going on up here, it ain't going on anywhere else. Like that's, that's the truth. That's the truth. You know, like it's, that's just what it is. Um, but I feel like I feel like super like fidgety because I'm going to go to bed now after that after that meditation. You know, like I feel like I'm, I'm forcing myself to stay awake. Um, right, everyone, check them out. New Ways and I, Patrick McAway. Find them, book them, give them give them words of encouragement and then in terms of the podcast watch it on facebook watch it on youtube search we last podcast with see are it's on spotify it's on google not on apple yet but it will be um and thanks for the support love you and uh, peace peace uh peace out to you um and let me just uh say take it easy and enjoy this year you know